All right. <laughs> All right, we're, we're back in it. Um, not really going to have much of an intro here because we're getting straight to the business on this one. This is uh, episode um, this is 15. 15. Right? Yeah, I mean, you know as well as I do. So. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, 15. I was gonna. We we said we were gonna try to do three before the year was over, but um, we we've done two, and they've both got like <laughs> had to get deleted. So uh, we're all good. We'll just have two. Fifteen will end us on this year, twenty twenty two, and we are going to be doing our two thousand twenty two wrap up of our favorite things, and I've got a. Very, 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 very special guest <laughs> with us today. Um, he is. I don't know. <laughs> he needs no introduction. No, no, none at all. None at all. He's one of our most faithful listeners. Yes, um, sir. There from the very beginning. Um, always, always, always caught up with us, whatever we were doing, and so uh, really huge honor to to have him on here today and to uh, and, and truthfully like. I'm gonna be honest. Most of my friends like they're not really into cool stuff, so I had to get someone else on here to talk about our uh, top fives. So that's what we're doing today. But you go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm sorry, I kind of cut you off there, but uh, yeah. So I'm Santos. Yeah. Uh, like you said, a faithful listener of the pod. Been there since uh, what was it? Episode, episode zero. zero baby. Episode <laughs> zero. Yeah. So uh, been listening all the. Um, since the very beginning, it's uh, it's really cool what y'all what y'all do. Uh, y'all have have had a lot of interesting conversations and stuff. It's really entertaining. <laughs> I've gotten a lot of laughs out of it. So we didn't do a top five podcast list because it's just like, what's even the point? You know, like we have our number one, and so you know, I, I don't even think I could. I don't. I only listen to like three, probably consistently. Including this one, so like two. We, honestly, we, we may circle back around. <laughs> right, be an epilogue conversation. Yeah. Um. So, the th- the three things, the big categories that we're going to be talking about today are are movies, uh, songs, and albums. So, um. But we also have. We, I was I was really gonna do shows, but honestly, like I don't, I don't watch <laughs> shows. Like I don't even feel like shows are even a real thing anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's like, a there's I mean there's just so much like content in general, whether it be movies, shows, you know, podcasts, music. There's just like it's hard to consume everything that you want to. So yeah, yeah. Speaking of. Before I got the blonde vinyl uh, right here beside me right now. Yeah, we got it posted up. Um, I just wanted to really just set the vibe, like give me uh, inspiration on what I was looking for for these yeah. categories. This isn't a visual medium, but like if if we had coming cameras, soon. coming soon maybe. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, but no, for real, I got this. Uh, I got this vinyl for. I guess just, I just bought it. I don't know for Christmas. I guess for myself. But um, man, it is so good looking. It's man. pretty dope. Um, I like it, and it's just like that's to me. That's the best album ever made. If I'm being honest, hot take alert. Do you think it, so? I don't. I mean, I don't know. It's it's very good. I feel like people it's would agree. Good. I feel like I could get some people out there to agree. Um, 
let me just read some of the songs, man, and y'all just speak for it'll speak for itself, I think. I mean Nike's right out the bat. Classic. Crazy. I remember the first time I heard that. I was just like, What is this? Yeah, that was that was I, I I didn't I couldn't like fully digest it like for a long time. Right. It took me a, it took me a while before I could like understand Slow it. Slow burn, yeah, yeah. But I think that's why if, same for me too, but I think that's why I like it so much yeah. now. Like just because it just took so long. Yeah, like like music or like anything that you can just like chew on that's like mm-hmm. you know, think about and stuff. And then Ivy, like to me probably the best song on there. Yeah. Um Pink and White got Beyonce in the background. Like it's just crazy. I Ivy is probably like the song that I get the saddest to. Mm-hmm. But then Pink and White's the song I get like the happiest to. Like, yeah. Just of all time. Like I swear, it's like, like a, it's just like just a such heavenly a vibe. angelic yeah. time. Vibe switch. Um solo. Freaking golly, man. That's his best scene for sure. Um Skyline two. Which I didn't like that song for a long time, but that, I definitely came around to it. That one was like when I first listened to the album, I think that was probably my favorite. Really? Yeah. That's I liked that one a lot. Which I mean it's changed like through the years that it's been out. It's been almost every song on the album's been my favorite right. at some point. <laughs> right, no, and that, I think that's the best part to me is yeah. like I've had like some kind of like connection with like all these songs in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh self control freaking great <laughs> even like uh good guy and then what's close to you like those two really short songs yeah. like even those are just perfect mm-hmm. nights i mean gosh i mean what, what else can you say about it that hasn't already that, been that beat switch and nights is like all time one of the best yeah just one of the best ever um what else is really solo the reprise solo with andre, andre 3000 yeah. yeah oh my goodness and then, um, yeah, Close to You, I said White Ferrari, which is probably my, I said Ivy was. It's it's one of those. Mm-hmm. White Ferrari or Ivy is definitely one. That will, um, that'll sneak up on you. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then Siegfried, Godspeed, and then Futura Free. I mean, geez, that's like, what a crazy, like, run of tracks that is. Like, yeah, heck yeah. Dude, I... People out there that say that Channel Orange is better than than this, <sighs> I don't know, dude. I just don't know. I like. You don't know if you can rock with them. Yeah, I I get it. Like you're happy, you know. Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying. Like yeah. you don't have to rub it in my face. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. If you don't, if you don't, haven't listened to it, if you don't like think that it's number one of all time, then go listen to Blonde, Frank Ocean. It's a lover's album. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> It's freaking. It's it's it's. I think it's a heartbreak album, mm-hmm. and that's I think why I like it so much. Um, but yeah, and then this vinyl is just sick. Like it just looks so good. Yeah, it's. Really I think nice. just I like Frank's aesthetic on a lot of things. For sure, yeah. Like, you know, he just pays attention to stuff like that. So, yeah. so uh, Frank, if you're listening and you want to sponsor the pod, <laughs> sponsor you know, it. Come on here. We really appreciate um, some Homer chains. We would. Just, oh my god, <laughs> dude, those things are sick. Um. You know, Drake wears those a lot. Really? Yeah. He might show up in this conversation later. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. Probably not on this side of the table. (laughs) Um, So I guess we can talk. I'll talk about a little bit just about the list in general. Um, First of all, the movies thing was really hard for me to 
pick five that I wanted to be in this list because mm. I think overall I just did not like movies this year. And like I don't know who's I, I guess it's my fault. I don't know. Maybe I just don't like movies as much as I thought I did, but I think I do. It just uh, I don't know. I I went and saw a bunch of like I love going to the theater and stuff. But good lord, man, there were some bad ones this year. Uh, there was me. there was a lot of like garbage movies. I think uh, we both saw Smile. I think we. Yeah, that was definitely <laughs> not one of the high points of my film going experience this For year. For sure. Actually, I wanted to read this too because uh, I posted a, a prompt not too long ago about people's number one actors. Oh, okay. And that this has been since the last one, so I'm going to read some of the uh, <laughs> some of the responses i'll do the serious ones first um leonardo dicaprio boring that's solid pick though boring <laughs> uh tom hanks even more boring oh come on come on it, it, tom put Hank, some respect tom on hanks Mr. is not tom in Hank. a top five like if i'm being honest Any, in your top five he's not oh, that's in fair. a top five There's oh no anywhere like he's you just, in no one's top five i don't think so okay like, they're just trolling bro like there's no <laughs> way that like that's legit all right. Uh, Vin Diesel. All right. Okay, <laughs> Johan. That's legit. <laughs> okay, Johan. That's enough out of you. I love that. Uh, Christian Bale was one of the Oh, answers. I wonder whose favorite actor that was. That's a that's a really good pick. Is that for real your favorite? I th- I mean, he's just the one that most often comes to my mind. Dude, I don't know. I, I watched, for the first time ever, probably two days ago, I watched uh, American Psycho. Oh yeah! Oh my god! What you think about it? It's so good. Yeah, so Golly, you liked it a lot. So good, really. It is incredible. That's and one. I that's think like that was his first like big role. Yeah. Like oh my goodness. He like, was he. I think he did. He was originally like a, a kid actor. I think he did like a couple movies. And there was right, one that's right, like right. Empire of the Sun. I think was mm-hmm. like like really pretty well known. But that was like his big like as an as an adult. Actor, I can see like, why people don't like it. Obviously, it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty weird. It's a trip. Like, it's a trip for sure. Um, but man, I, I just don't like. I don't. I hate to be that guy that's like, oh, their like first big was their best, but like, I don't know if I've ever seen him act better than that. Yeah, I regardless of what you think about the movie, I think what you can't deny is like his performance. Heck like yeah. you can tell he's committed to the role and stuff, and that's just like his movies later on just i think further solidified that for sure like the uh the scene where he do you know it well enough to like talk about it i, I watched it fairly recently the scene where he he like goes on like the rampage at the end yeah and he does that like phone call to his lawyer that, that's oh my crazy. gosh dude that, that just gave me chills like yeah. how good he was like he's that. like full he's like in panic yeah right like, and it really it really like comes through yeah okay. for sure um and then uh will ferrell is the other answer that all right had, so. okay <laughs> we can we can cut this segment short <laughs> anyway i wanted to read those so um so yeah back to movies I, i'm i'm so, like i'm solid on my five right here but if we had to do a top 10 mm-hmm. like i would have to be scraping some movies that I did I wouldn't even I didn't even like right so I'm glad we just did five for that yeah. like we said we didn't do TV shows but I think we both have at least one TV show we want to talk about we can just have a top one yeah category of TV shows <laughs> all right um and then albums uh we I think we both tried to pre- be like 
I wouldn't. I wanted to put two albums by the same person in this list. Oh, uh, Young God. Boy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what did he have? Like six this year? I think he had eight. <laughs> Legit. That's insane. Dude. Um, right away. Yeah, it's it's possible to put out too much music. Oh, 100%. And I think if there's one person that does it, it's yeah. him. He's the one that pushes the boundaries of too much music. Kind of the same on my songs, too. Like, I could have put five Kendrick songs. I could have put five. I don't know. Like, I could have literally filled Kodak. this. I could have put five Kodak songs in there and been fine with it. Um, but I just settled for three. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I Sadly, I don't have any Kodak songs in my top five. Just oh, letting you know. Oh, yeah. dang, that's a shocker. Right. <laughs> um, and then I also have, so for songs and albums, I have honorable mentions that didn't make the top five, but it's like I definitely want to shout them out. Mm-hmm. So Same we can here. talk about uh, TV show first. Our top one TV show each of you know, 2022. I'm just going to preface this by saying I don't know that it's my favorite TV show of the year, but it's definitely one of my favorite TV shows of all time. That's for sure. Whoa. How is that possible? I think, well, because well, I think season one and two are, are just better than the seasons that came out, season three and season four that came out this year. But um, they're still really good, and they still would have been in like my top five, probably like two or three okay. top five shows of the year. But, yeah, you can go ahead. Oh, is, oh, you were talking about my pick. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, okay, so mine is on 100% um, Atlanta, which – um, if you don't know what Atlanta is, it's kind of hard to... If you don't know what Atlanta is, climb out from under that rock. For you've real. Been living under. Um, <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of people that listen to this. It's like, what is that? You know? like, yeah, what is that? What are your your demographics? You had some over 60 right, right, right. listeners. There's like 8% over 60. We need so to educate them. I feel like the people like 18 to 22 will, that I know will just be like, what? Like, what? <laughs> it's not a... The Bachelor, you know, so um, I don't even know how, how to describe, like, I don't even know how to describe what Atlanta is. Um, it's, I guess if you, like, broke it down, like, to its most basic components, I guess you could say it's kind of like a surreal comedy. Right. Like, I, and I hate, I hate telling people about it because I'm like, well, it's about, like, this rapper and they're just like, ah, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, tuned out. immediately turn like, oh, yeah. it's a rap show or whatever. Yeah. But it's not like the main character does happen to be like a rapper. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that that's even. It's just I think it's just an entry point into the show. Yeah. Like it's like, not it's not really even like one of the main focuses be a hip hop fan to like the show. Yeah. Like, you know, like but, really uh, it's. More like the first couple seasons, there's more of the like that rap storyline or whatever, but it's more so about just being in Atlanta, right? Right, right, which obviously makes sense with the show. But and then, uh, by the way, fair warning as far as these movies and TV shows, like we're gonna have spoiler alerts, so yeah, if you you (laughs) haven't seen them, then sorry, you know, not. Hopefully. If you haven't seen them, then what are you doing? Yeah, hopefully that, you know, we're 15 minutes in. Hopefully we've gotten your play now. <laughs> if you don't want to. It counts as a stream. <laughs> right, so if you want to click off, that's fine by me. <laughs> I'm also going to, fair warning, I'm going to nerd out like a bunch on this episode. So. Oh, yeah, same here. Um, so shout out to that. Also, these are my, these are not, uh, another fair warning. These are not 
like my top I know I said top five, but it's like these are not the best to me. It's just my favorite. Right. Right. So you're not you're not grading it like critically like a f- you're not grading a film based on like its cinema right, cinematography. Right, right. These are just the ones I like the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's the same with songs and albums and everything. Like right. I realize that there might be albums that might be better than the ones on my list, mm-hmm. but I didn't like them more. Right. You know, so um back to Atlanta. Um so this is the last season and the show's been running since well, it 2016. Had, it had season season three and season four both came out this year. Oh, isn't that crazy, dude? Yeah, you're right. You're because right. they, I guess they filmed them back to back, and it did. What, when did season two come out? Uh, like 2017. 2017. So it had been five years since the last season. So I guess they were just like, we're just gonna drop both of them this year. So season three came out in March, I think, and then that's true. Season four came out like August or September, something like that. Yeah, which I will say, season three was definitely like the weakest to me. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I don't. Which is still like. That's not an indictment on the season at all because no, the show it's, it's is just like so it's it's just so good. So to to be the weakest of these four seasons, it's is still like really not really insult, good. Yeah. yeah. Um, but season three was like it wasn't like my favorite by mm-hmm. any means. And then um, season four, I think like totally redeemed any kind of like doubts I had about season three. Like mm-hmm. it was just so so good. Yeah. Um, and then. I think the end was so it was like a very stereotypical in a way like end mm-hmm. but it was in such a it an fit in, the show so well it was an, an, an interesting take on that right 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 like the whole like, the whole like was it all a dream right, kind of thing right like is any That's of it kinda real like that or, that stereotypical trope in tv shows or which like, i kind of had a movies. feeling that they were <clears throat> They're setting that up because a lot of stuff throughout the show is kind of surreal. Yeah, but they really turned that up like this season, right? So I kind of felt like something was going to happen like that, but then like I don't know. It's kind of like the whole like Inception ending. It's like yeah, was the, it real or was it a dream? Yeah. yeah. Which what do you think about Inception? Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, what about Atlanta for real though? Um. I mean, I don't know that. Uh, do you have evidence to that points to either, either of it being real or being a dream? Like, no. I don't think that they they meant for it to be like, for people to be like, oh, this was definitely a dream because this 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 happened. Or yeah, this yeah, definitely wasn't a dream because I think there's both probably. Yeah. Um, what do, What do you think about American Psycho? What do you think the ending to that is? Do you know? Like, oh, because he's like. Didn't doesn't he you know, think uh, he Paul Allen, which is Jared Leto? Yeah, okay. He, it, it's coming back to me a little bit. But he he asks he goes to the lawyer that he called and right. was like, "Hey, that was me," but the lawyer thinks he's someone else. Yeah, he's like, "No, I'm Patrick Bateman, and I killed Paul Allen." Yeah, and he was yeah, like, yeah. No, he thinks I, it's a joke at first. Yeah, and then yeah, he's like, and then he's like, "No, I just had dinner with him like right. two days ago." Yeah, I don't know. I feel, but also. I mean, like, he obviously didn't know Patrick's name, so he could have just got it mixed up. Right. Like, the Paul Allen thing. He could have just got that whole mixed, that thing mixed up. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It <coughs> As far as, like, twist endings go, that was definitely a really, really good one. Like, yeah, that was that was crazy. He's probably some kind of dis- disassociation of some sort. Right, right, right. 
but yeah, that was anyway. That was a, back that to was Atlanta. A um, so Atlanta is kind of that same way. It's like you really don't know for sure if it was all real or if it wasn't real. Or mm-hmm. so I and think. It, yeah, I think just that through through the character like Darius in in particular, right? You know, like it was just perfect to me, like how yeah. it ended and stuff. So yeah, heck yeah. And I like I like that. Except for like episode seven or eight, like where they go camping. Yeah, yeah. Aside from that, like after that, it's almost just like they're just like, we're just going to do episodes. Like it's not like they were building towards a conclusion. Right, right. Like right. seven kind of, in a way, wraps up the series, I think. Like the, the main storyline, especially between, like one of the main storylines is between. Dude, I love the. Uh the serial killer one that cranked that killer. Yeah. You know, that was, yeah, that was, <laughs> like that was one of my favorite episodes. episodes. That, I that watched that with you, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where they were like in the van. Yeah. Trying to get the that shoes. was so crazy. That, that, that was so, <laughs> like both storylines were equally insane. Yeah. That, in that, that was wild. In that show. Or in Man. the episode. And then, um, what's another really good episode from season four? Just the one where he goes to therapy and stuff, and then he like sets up that whole thing for that woman to get like embarrassed. <laughs> that, like, anyway, I think that's like episode like four or something. It was like early that, right? on, like yeah, it was like or two or three, maybe. Yeah, yeah. but um, petty earn. So yeah, so Atlanta, hundred percent, is my top. It's really the only show I like watched in real time this year. I would say, mm-hmm. but so I guess by default. But I really, really loved it. I. I recommend it to anyone out there for who sure, wants to watch for it. For sure. That's one like I said, I think it's one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah. All right. So what's what's yours? Cuz I thought you were going to say Atlanta too, but <clears throat> he just informed me earlier that it's not that, so I'm interested now. All right. So when I did this category, I kind of like combined movies and shows into just like visual media basically. So I had just like a few that were I had one that was actually in the top 5 and then I just had like a few honorable mentions. So, one of them I have here is a little series called Only Murders in the Building. It's... Uh, Steve Martin? Yes, Steve Martin really? and Martin Short. Martin Short. I, and I didn't see it, but I've seen the commercials for it. Yeah, uh, it has uh, Steve, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez mm. is um, also in it. Wow. Uh, season two came out this, this year. Um, I hadn't watched season one, um, so we just sort of binged them all at once. And it's really good. It's uh, there. I think they they're really like Steve Martin and Martin Short. Obviously, if you don't know who they are, they've kn- known each other for a long time, and they've done like um, comedy tours and stuff together. So obviously, they have really good chemistry, and they're both like su- really funny. And Selena Gomez is like surprisingly good in the show too. It's uh, surprisingly for sure. Sur- <laughs> surprisingly, but uh, it's like a. Um, it's a murder mystery type show that starts with like a, they all listen to the same crime podcast and then they all get together and decide they want to try to solve their own murder. And it's like, and it's like kind of real. Like yeah. 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 The murder, the murder is real. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. Um, and it's just, they don't, they only do murders in the building they live in. So, so is this your top one, or is this just an honorable mention? This was one of the honorable mentions. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Uh, I'm trying to look through and get to all the TV Dude, shows. Dude, Steve Martin's like a premier banjo player. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. He's in like a bluegrass band. He's That's like pretty a, crazy. Yeah, he's like a real musician. Yeah, like yeah. A singer and stuff like right. that. Yeah, he's yeah, like... 
he's, he's really funny. Yeah, he's a he's a legend in um, like comedy and stuff. You know that part <laughs> you know that part in the office whenever Michael's like, uh, did I tell you about the day that Steve Martin died? And they were just like, <laughs> Steve Martin's not dead, you know? He's like, No, no, I mean like I always thought that the day Steve Martin died would be like yeah. the worst day in my life. But it's it's this it's one this actually. One. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. If you know us, you know that there are constantly office office <laughs> references being thrown back and Thank forth. You. But um I also had uh the this is the one that was actually in my top five and it's a show called Barry. It's Okay. Have you heard of that show? I've heard of it, yeah. It's the dude from SNL. Yeah, Bill Hader. Bill Hader is the he is the star of the show and he also um he co-created it and he directs some of it i think Mm -hmm. he directed i think he may have directed all season three but uh so yeah season three was the one that came out this year it came out early this year um it's a show it started out as a show about this uh hitman bill Hader is the hitman which is it's if you know who bill Hader is you would know why that's you know funny like a, a, funny a good, idea, a good premise least, yeah. for a show yeah and uh he they're in like uh los angeles or something and he stumbles upon this like acting class and he decides that he's all he's like discontent and stuff like he's not happy with being a hitman he's like really depressed and stuff and he uh goes in this acting class and he decides that he wants to be an actor so that's like how the show starts off mm. and it um Season one is is pretty clearly like comedy focused. Like there's a lot of like gags and stuff like yeah. that. And you know, like that's what the show's supposed to be. Like the drama and uh, suspense or whatever is like secondary to that. But as the show's gone on, it's become more and more like uh, drama focused and less and less comedy. And it's come to season three where it's there's funny parts in it, but it's really it's barely even a comedy anymore. And it's just like really good TV in my yeah. opinion, in my opinion. And uh, the way season three ended off was like it like made me audibly gasp because <laughs> it's just like he's found a way to like escape like consequences and repercussions for everything up to this point. And season three is kind of starting to have to face that. And uh, so yeah, uh, that's one of my favorite shows too. Uh, I think season three was definitely the best so far. And ready for season four to come out so isn't it cool when like people like that like break out of uh, definitely definitely like I, I love that i love when when people try new things and stuff regardless of whether it it works or it like it appeals to me i will always commend someone for like trying something new and not just like quote unquote staying in their lane like doing mm. the same thing over and over again i remember you said that later on whenever i talk about a certain thing anyway uh, <laughs> okay okay um keep the receipts i will i will say someone that's going to come up 100 in this conversation later um that's kind of like that for oh. me is uh, jordan peele for sure yeah um, he's he's one of the the prime examples of that in even, recent memory even like donald glover like mm-hmm. like to think that in like 2014 i thought he was like only a rapper to think that yeah. like i viewed him that way Right, you know, and like, and I mean, even before that, like that's just how we were introduced to him. Right, right, right. Even before that, he was like a writer on like uh, Thirty Rock, mm-hmm. and, and then, then he, he was, was on Community, community which yeah. he was like a lot of people knew him for that. And then he goes in, he starts rapping and stuff. Which um, I think when he first started off, it was like 
I was like, okay, this isn't going to pan out or anything. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's that good. But, I mean, it got better, like, because the internet. Dude, because the internet is an incredible really, album. <laughs> really good album. And then he completely switches up his musical what's, style what's after the, that. What's the name of that one? Which one? Awaken the, My Love? Awaken My Love, yeah. yeah. Dude, that one is, like, really, like crazy. really, really no good. One, no one could have expected him to drop that after, you know, he was a rapper. He was a comedian and all that stuff and then he just comes out of left field with like and then, a funk album and then the uh the one after that was even more different yeah the, the the 315 20 yeah. yeah which is a lot of people didn't really like that one yeah but was, I, I liked it a lot it's really like it's different for sure yeah kind of and but there was definitely uh, there was a lot that i liked about that one too um so yeah, so I don't remember. Oh, we we're talking if, about Bill Hader. Yeah, right, so. if you, if there's one thing that you take away from this podcast, it's to try new things. That's don't right. just do things that you uh, know that you're good at. If you would like to do other things, then try them. You know, twenty eight fifty six. I'm gonna rewind to this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I didn't say that. Uh, I okay, can't. Okay. I can't guarantee <laughs> that what you do is gonna be good, but at least you know. Uh-huh. Like at least you tried. At least you know. Uh-huh. Sure. So we'll put that down. <laughs> We'll have that on the record um, when he circles back to this. Um, I feel like you know what I'm talking I about. I feel like anyway. I know exactly what you're referring to. <laughs> all right, all right. And I will stand we on can, that. We can get to movies first. Okay. All right. All right. You can, you can go with your number five first. Okay. Well, well, first, let me go through. I got, got my honorable, honorable mentions. mentions. Yeah, right, right, right. Honorable mentions. Okay, so... Uh, let's see. First one I have here is the new Black Panther movie, Wakanda Forever. I would throw that on my honorable mention. You think so? Yeah. Um, it's really long, which it does take a hit for that. But I thought that that um, considering the circumstances with the passing of Chadwick Boseman, I thought they did they did a really good job with like basically re- rebuilding the entire story, and um. It was. It did have a long runtime, but I think, I think they did. They, they did really well for, um, like I said, for the circumstances and stuff. And um, I definitely think it was the best Marvel anything to come out this year. Oh, one hundred percent. Like, I, not that that's a super high bar. I think to be honest, but it's my second favorite film of this like phase that they're in. What was your first? Well. Uh, was it Shang Chi? Shang Chi is number one. I think I, so too. Dude, I don't count Spider Man. Like I get it, really. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. That was a Sony movie. And, that well, wasn't necessarily was an MCU like, movie. Like, is it even really that good? Mm. Like, if we take out the whole, this may be a hot take. <laughs> if we take out the whole, like, like other Spider Man being in it, like, is it good? I think so. I think. Is it better than Black Panther Two? Is it? I mean, I think it's more of a. I think it's more of an enjoyable experience, but I don't know yeah, that it's a well, better movie. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, I think Tom Holland's done a really good job with the Spider-Man character. That's mm-hmm. just my opinion. I think. I think his three movies have been. <laughs> some I of actually, my favorite I actually movies. really liked the uh, second one. That was. I think that's my favorite of yeah. the, the three that he's done. The one with. Mr. Jake Gyllenhaal. Jakey G. Um, he was absolutely fantastic in that movie. I, I loved him as Mysterio. Sometimes I really don't like his acting, but in that movie I did. Give so. me examples now. Um, I feel like he just does a lot of movies that I don't think he should. Like That's fair. Like, 
he, I feel like he could be like a uh, who who should I compare him to? Like I don't feel like there's like any Christian movies Bale. like yeah <laughs> right. I would never see Christian Bale in a movie that I was like really like you're in that. Um, Thor. Love and Thunder. I thought he was the best Miller. part of that movie. He absolutely was, but that doesn't mean that like that that was okay, not a good I'm movie. I'm talking about like Jake Gyllenhaal does movies like uh, what's that ambulance movie that just came out like last year? Yeah, I didn't I didn't watch that, but like come I've on, heard dude. I've heard fairly good things. It's oh, ridiculous. That. I think he just likes he he picks projects and directors and people that he likes to work with. I think he just likes to. He does like really good movies, like really he he has like artistic movies and stuff. Like he has Brokeback Mountain, great He's, movie. Yeah, he has like movies like Nocturnal Animals. I like that movie a lot. And then he does a movie like Ambulance. Like it, he right, just right, kind of right. he wants to have fun. Like mm. if you're not having fun, then, then what are we doing? You know, hmm. I remember that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that you said that. that. And oh. uh, what's the other Strange World is not doing too hot. That uh, Disney movie that he's in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's getting... Dude, the Taylor Swift song that's about him, though, is really good. I like it a lot. Yeah, she she went off. Yeah. She really she really uh, scraped him she over the coals. She released, like, a 10-minute version of it yeah. and just, like, went crazy. That's um, wild. I love that. Um, so, what were... I I'll love the Jake G, though. We are a Jake Gyllenhaal pro. Um, that's, that remains to be seen, I guess, but... Um, <laughs> So is that your honorable mention list? Uh, okay, that was you only said one. So yeah, why did we talk about Jake? Oh, Spider Man. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm tracking now. Uh, the tangents are good for content. Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> um, Dude, we're 33 minutes in. Haven't even got to a single heck like yeah. like pick yet. <laughs> it's, it may be three hours before we get to our list. <laughs> right. Um, okay, the next one I have on here, a movie I just watched on Friday, I think. Is when it came out. It is Whoa. called Glass Onion. I don't know. Oh, really? Yes, it's the sequel to Knives Out. I've heard the. I've heard of the. Have you? Did you watch Knives Out? Yeah. You did. Did yeah. you like it? it? Daniel Craig's in the second one. Yes. Okay. You, then yeah. you, you will be watching. I, you, I'll, you I'll go. Be. I'll go watch it. Yeah. Um, well, it's not in I'll, theaters. I'll watch it. At it's my on house then. Okay. Yeah. See, which is makes me very angry. By the way, thank you Netflix for depriving us of like an enjoyable film experience at the mm-hmm. movies because they released it in limited theaters for like a week and then they pulled it and now it's like a Netflix exclusive. It's like Amsterdam. I never got to see that because it's on HBO, HBO Max, right? and I don't have that right now. So it's like I got to find someone with a hookup and then go watch that. I've heard it's I've heard actually really bad things That's about it. That yeah, but me too. I think I would like it. Like, yeah, I it's got a really like crazy cast, yeah, like so. a crazy ensemble cast. But anyway, uh, like I said, Glass Onion is the sequel to the 2019 film Knives Out, uh, which is a these two films are murder mystery. You like films. Knives Out? I freaking love that. That's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> you I, like you like Daniel Craig's acting in that? Do you not? No, dude, I love it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I just He's, hate his accent. Okay, his I accent think his accent is, is the very worst. like it's very kind of over maybe over the top it's like a probably like a a really deep like it's almost like a caricature right, accent right. for like a deep southern accent yeah right but um, anyway, I, was I just, think i was just hating on it it's a good movie. the the accent is is not the uh best thing about his performance he's he's really good in the movie in my mm. opinion um the cast in knives out is just freaking 
great. Yeah. Like everybody in there, like just kills it. Um, Glass Onion, I, I don't think it's as good as Knives Out, um, but it's still really good. And it's like, you know, you don't see a lot of these movies, like murder mystery type movies. And even if you do see them, like there's a very good chance that they're not good because it's like, yeah. it's a, I think it's a really difficult genre to pull off. Yeah, I no, think, I agree. I think a lot of people like shy away from it, but uh, I think Ryan Johnson has definitely done it justice with these Ryan two movies. Ryan Johnson directed Ryan Johnson. that? Yeah, uh, oh he he's also God. known for uh, oh my goodness. for the uh, okay. what is it? Screw that, dude. What is it? I'm never uh, watching that episode eight of Star Wars. Episode was it just episode eight? Yeah, yeah. Literally I've heard, ruined the whole. Franchise. I'm not a Star Wars guy, but I've heard a lot of. Okay, yeah, you lost me. On a lot I'm of Star Wars fans are, are very um do do not like this man for some of the things that happen in the movie. Regardless, I think he did a great job with kind of like reviving this this genre. And um, like I said, I don't think Glass Onion's quite as good as Knives Out, but it's still a really good movie. Um, Daniel Craig's great again. Um, let's see who was in the movie. I think uh, Dave, pa- Dave Bautista is in this movie. Kate Hudson, Catherine Hahn. I think she's Catherine Hahn's really good. She's mm-hmm. like she's a really good. Um, she does comedy really well. Dave Bautista. Yeah. Uh, Premier Edward actor. Norton. Um, oh. It's 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 a good movie. I, it's getting, I, I liked it it's a lot. It's getting worse and worse. I liked it a lot. Listen, if Ryan Johnson has one hater in the world, it's me. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not watching that. Now that you said that, you shouldn't have told me who directed it. But um, okay. More. You have more on your marble list. Um, I think that is it. I just had a few more shows, but uh, yeah, that's all for movies. <laughs> Okay, all right, 37 minutes, baby. We're getting to our first big, Here we go. Big pick. So what is your number five for top movies? You go first. Uh, I just did my honorable movies. Okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> I run this podcast now. I'm the guest. I'll, I'll, I'll also, um, we're going to try to refrain from any judgment. Oh, that, are we? Uh, <laughs> okay, so this is news to me. Um, <laughs> so my number five is... <laughs> it just came out actually um probably about a week ago at this point um, uh, it is avatar number two for me uh, is my number five okay <laughs> okay what okay go ahead what? Go dude ahead. it's 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 a really long it's three hours 12 minutes is the runtime that it Jeez. Has. and um but 192 being, minutes being such a big fan of the original one i was really waiting on this one for like 13 years <laughs> so you first. really were a big fan of the first one yeah like actually like i really liked the first one did you not i've not watched it wow i've not watched the first avatar and i refuse to watch it why they're blue what, what? <laughs> so? I can't I can't do that. I, I the blue the the way they look, the way that their characters look completely completely takes me out of it. Like I cannot I can't take the film seriously. Anyway, well if um I think the, the obviously the CGI imp- improved like exponentially in this movie. So even though like in two thousand nine Avatar one looked incredible. I right. I could understand if you went back and watched it right now for the first time, you'd be like, okay, this is kind of weird. But Avatar two looks incredible. I think easily out of all of these, 
it's like the and I know it had like a freaking two billion dollar budget basically, but um, <laughs> I think it looks the best. It it just performs the best as far as like visually out of anyone out of any other movie on this list. And so um, for that reason alone, and just the fact that I really wanted to see it, and it wasn't a waste of my time. Like it. I, I wanted to go see the sequel and I didn't freaking hate it. So that's, <laughs> that's enough to put it on your top five. Yeah, it really is. Like it really is. Cause a lot of these movies I just did not, or a lot of movies I saw this year I did not like. So right. the, the fact that it looked really good, um, I sat through three hours of it and didn't, I wasn't like, I need to leave. And the fact that it's just a really good sequel to a really good movie is why it is on my number five. So, that's my number five, Avatar 2, The Way of Water. Um, Zoe Saldana, I can't remember the main dude's name. <laughs> Sam Worthington, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that, yeah. I will say, um, I think maybe I could. there's a world in which I could have liked Avatar, but I think I just missed the time yeah, where it was like relevant enough to like watch it. And now going back and watching the first one, I'm probably going to hate it, and then I won't have any motivation to watch it. Dude, just think one. about that. Okay, I watched the first one when I was 10. And then I'm 23 now, and I just saw the... That's really crazy. Like, the second one. It's not yeah. like the eighth one. Like, it's the second one. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Which, I mean, if you're going to go watch, like, a blockbuster movie, I mean, you can't... You can do much worse than James Cameron. Oh, yeah, yeah. Being the director of the movie. Like, and that's what I'm saying. For, for like, for it being so, like, mainstream and, and three hours long, like... It it was really good to me. So, number five, Avatar: Way of Water. You should go see it. Um, I just, but I don't go already, to the. It's already made like nine hundred million. Don't go to the movie so. tavern though. That was a bad experience <laughs> for me. Like, I bought two drinks, and my total was like eighteen thirty something. Yeah. Like that's insane. Like what? You you get an upcharge for the the leaning back seats i guess so like that didn't even count the tickets that was just two drinks yeah like, oh my gosh anyway if you're um, going to the movie tavern don't get the food no yeah <laughs> like it yeah if, if it's like a good time for you to go or something i understand but like yeah do not fall for any of the freaking just eat after or before yeah or something yeah, yeah. just like save your appetite yeah. so all right that's my number five what's your number five brother uh let me see here. Oh, shoot. I think I messed up. Uh-oh. <laughs> Trouble in okay. paradise. Yeah. So I think there was a mix-up, actually. Uh, remember how I said that there was a, there was a TV show originally in my top five? Mm -hmm. Remember that? Well, I took it out. And uh, so I guess that would have bumped Glass Onion to my, top, for, to my number five spot, actually. So. Okay. So, uh, yeah, all the things I said before about Glass Onion, I <laughs> just, still stand uh, on that opinion. Just rewind that. Uh, that but instead of it being an honorable mention, it is actually my number five movie of 2022. Very good movie. Check it out if you have Netflix. Maybe one day it'll be in a theater again, and we can all go watch it. <laughs> all, of <us laughs> all of us together. Collectively, any all the listeners in this podcast, we can fill up a whole film room yeah, and watch Glass you. Onion. All right. All right. I like that. Um so we already talked about that one. So it's on to my number four now. Um, what you got? See. Sorry, I clicked up my list. 
Um, this is one that I'm not going to be able to talk about too much because I only saw it once, and it was actually a long time ago. But I remember thinking, this is a really good film. Um, and it's everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, my gosh. You've seen this movie? Yeah. Oh, if it's on man. yours, if it's on yours, just wait. Just wait oh, for your opinion. Um, I thought uh, this one was for sure one that I thought would only be on my list. Really? Yeah. I thought I would be alone in this. I'll be I'll be honest. Um, my criteria for films nowadays, I feel like it's just like, is it different and good? You know, it certainly is different. Right, right, and <laughs> that's for sure. Well, because like with all the, bro, I just feel like every every other movie you see is either like a remake or a sequel or Marvel. And I know I just had a sequel on mine, but I'm just saying, like, um, just an original story that is captivating and is different, but yet, like, still really good. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the movie is still good. Like, that's what I'm drawn to more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Like, there could be movies that I think, like, okay, that was really, like, what's an example not even from this year, but like, I don't know, The Lion King or whatever. I'm like, oh, it's pretty good. The but it's live like, action yeah, one. But it's like, I would never put that in a list because it's just, it was basically a scene for scene, like, remake of the anime. Like, right. It doesn't take any, like, creativity, I guess, to come up with stuff like it that. It was literally, like, what was the purpose of right, remaking yeah, it? Right. You're just going to. It's just like, is this what we're spending our money on? Like freaking, you know, like it made like a one point five billion dollars. I don't know. Why not just push more ideas like this movie, which was like, like I said, I don't have much to say about it because it was a long time ago that I saw it at this Mm. point. But um, the whole like, it kind of talked about like a familiar because it was like the whole like multiverse thing, which was like had been introduced kind of softly by like Spider Man and that kind of thing. So seeing this, it was like. It was just a fresh take on that, mm-hmm. which I just know that freaking dude Marvel is gonna beat that idea to death. Yeah, and that's was, their whole. I mean, that's pretty much their whole. And I was glad that, saga right now. Yeah, I was glad that this movie kind of got ahead of that. Yeah, you know. So, um, by the way, <laughs> I saw the Ant Man trailer. Yeah, that looks terrible. You think so? Dude, that looks awful. And just the fact that its name is Quantum Mania. It's yeah. like, come on, dude. The like, come multiverse on. Multiverse of Madness, Quantum Mania. Oh, my gosh. You want to talk about a bad movie? Freaking <laughs> Multiverse of Madness. Anyway, was that this year? Yeah. That would be that number was in one. May, that, would be no, that would be number one on my top five worst movies if we had one. Uh, that'd, be, yeah, um, that'd be up there for sure. But uh, everything, everywhere, all at once, it's like, it's probably not for everyone. So like I would yeah I would definitely agree with that. Like you probably might not like it, but I really enjoyed just its uniqueness and its creativity and um <clears throat> just a fresh perspective on something like an idea that's pretty big right now. So uh and the acting was really good as far as like, you know, for what it was, I guess, mm-hmm. and just like the visual effects and stuff. So, yeah, that's my number 4. I don't really know anyone's name. I don't really know anyone's name in it or anything like that. Michelle Yao is the she's the lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, gosh, I can't I can't think of the names of the people, but uh, her husband in the movie is 
he was the kid from Indiana Jones. The no way. Yeah, That's and he he had like he hadn't acted in it like since he was a kid and he came back for this movie. That's incredible. It's I did really not know cool. that. Yeah, it's really cool. And he's great in it. Indiana Jones. Did you see that trailer? The new I'm, one? I haven't watched those movies. Oh, okay. <laughs> what about Oppenheimer? Did you see that trailer? Uh, yeah, I I was going to... We're going to put top five trailers. That's all. We there. could do. We <laughs> should do top five stuff that we're looking forward to next year. Oh, yeah. Or just some things. Doesn't have to be right. five. We can do that after this so yeah like we can talk, we can save Oppenheimer for that yep. um so that's my number four so what's your number four all right so number four was um also a movie that came out early early this year it's a little movie called the Batman <laughs> starring Robert Battinson himself <laughs> um so that's your number four definitely that's too <laughs> that's too high all right, well, well, all right. okay uh, this one, um, came out, when did it come out? January? Uh, March 4th. March, March. Uh, so I think a lot of people were, um, I think rightfully skeptical, uh, whenever they... Really? Rightfully? You think so? Well, okay, so he, so Robert Pattinson, um, has done several, he's done several movies in between, uh, between now and when he did Twilight, but a lot, most of them were pretty, were way lower profile. I think in the mainstream eyes, yes. he, he was like That's his right. last movie was Twilight. For sure, you know? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He did, since then he had done like several like lower budget or like indie type movies, like The Lighthouse. Stuff. Yeah, you ever, ever seen, that? seen that? Yeah, I've heard I've heard good things about it. Yeah, I mean, like it's it? super weird, but I like it a lot. Yeah. Also, there's one he did Good Time with uh, the Safty brothers, I think. Is Good Time, what's that? It's the one where he's blonde, and that's okay. Yeah, I've seen that one. That's a really, really good one. I really liked, yeah. Yeah. That was it, was like really weird. And he's doing like this, like, was a New York accent or Mm -hmm. something like that. He was really good in that movie, you know. And then Tenet was. Tenet kind of made me a believer in his acting. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was, yeah, I think that was the, the. big one mm-hmm. before the batman right where, where like he kind of got to show what he could do really yeah, yeah um but anyway uh so i think people were skeptical um i whenever i th- what was the cast probably like three years ago or something like that. it was no yeah it was legit, like 2019 longer. like yeah and um i was like that that could be i thought that it could be really good or like terrible I thought there was only really one or the other. I didn't really think there's going to be much in between. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's safe to say he did. A, he killed it. He he really. I think he was. I mean, I'm not. I didn't really watch a lot of the old Batman films, so. Uh, I think he's you definitely better the than Nolan ones, though. Yes, uh, he's definitely better than Ben Affleck's Batman. Okay, is he better than That's, Christian Bale? That these, one, these are the questions we want to hear, all right? Not Ben Affleck. We already know that. A lot of people say Christian Bale was the better um, uh, Bruce Wayne than Batman. That I, I think he, uh, I think he was a really good Bruce Wayne. Who, and Christian Bale. Yeah. And I, I think th- he was better than Pattinson, though. We we can just do Bruce Wayne, like if we want to. Uh. Well. Yeah. Yeah. So. Robert Pattinson is like, I mean, he's Bruce Wayne for like what ten minutes, like one scene in the movie. Uh, 
Yeah. Like he's he's barely he's almost most of the movies is Batman is him as Batman. So like I would say he doesn't really even have I feel like he doesn't even really have a Bruce Wayne character. Yeah, it's almost like there's just there's ba- almost no just distinction between mask, them. You know? Like he's not Yeah, they're like he's really like sullen and depressed and mm-hmm. stuff like that. He's just he, like you said, he basically doesn't have a costume. I mean he right. he does the Batman voice when he's in the costume, but he acts the same and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But with like uh, the Nolan uh, trilogy, I mean, there's like two different people. Like right, right, right. Batman. Um, the Nolan movies are going to be the best Batman movies forever. I don't think. Mm. Spe- the, the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight will be the best Batman movie for the rest of the time. There's not going to be um, a movie on par with that in the Batman universe um, with you can't replicate what Heath Ledger did with the Joker. That's one. I think that's one of my favorite movies of all time because of that performance. Do you think it's, it's a top? Insane. I was having this conversation actually the other day. Do you think Dark Knight is a top three Nolan film? I haven't seen all of his movies. Um, seen there's Inception. There's I haven't seen Tenet. Uh, it wouldn't be in top three. So. Um, Probably for me, of the movies that I've seen, I've seen Inception, uh, Memento, I've seen, which is, I thought it was a really good movie. Um, Interstellar? I haven't seen Interstellar. What about The Prestige? Mm-mm. I guess yeah, I, I got You got to watch, watch these, bro. You got to watch these. Uh, you but seen it, Dunkirk? A lot of people hated that one, but mm-hmm. I liked it. Um, yeah, you got to watch. I'm not, a, I'm not a Nolan aficionado. But anyway, let me get back to I went from the Batman to the Dark Knight. But uh, yeah, so I think Pattinson was really good in this movie. Uh, it was a really, I think, what was it? Matt Reeves was the director. He yeah. did a really good job with uh, making this different. Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot darker. It's a lot more grounded. I think it's like, it's Batman. He's just, he's not really a superhero in this movie as much as he is just a person with a costume on. And um, I think it was, he did a really good job. And Paul Dano as the Riddler was freaking fantastic. He's a great actor and more people need to know that because he doesn't get the respect he deserves. Mm. He is great in this movie. And uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. Let's talk about the best character though. Oh, here we go. Here we go. He gets to he gets on his Zoe Kravitz soapbox. <laughs> oh, she is incredible. Don't get him started. She is incredible. I'm not gonna go crazy, but man. Man. <laughs> um, <laughs> but okay, so I think that's a that's a solid pick. So uh and then uh what Colin Farrell. Oh yeah, he I think was. He's like the most underrated performance in that movie. Yeah, he's. I mean, obviously, he's unrecognizable with all like the prosthetics and yeah, stuff. But yeah. I think he he really uh, served the character justice, like the penguin. Like, why why doesn't DC just take that angle with all their movies? Just uh, that like super dark, more more real, <laughs> super dark, more like realistic, but like dark, you know? Well, I think um, or just different. I feel like I just don't see I obviously a DC movie hasn't came out in a long time and the the last two that came out I think are perfect like I mean um, 
because you have this one and then the, the Justice League, right? The the long one, yeah. But what's that called? Oh, the Snyder, Snyder edition, cut. a cut, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I just feel like if they like, why try to do the whole Marvel formula? I don't know because you're not ever gonna win that. Yeah, and like. And that's already stale. Like that's already become stale for people. Oh, I like, hate like the way Marvel. <laughs> to does me, it. DC is better than Marvel at the moment. Like if we're <laughs> just being honest, the re- of their recent track record. Yeah. Um, the one thing that DC does have going for it is that uh, James Gunn is, um, I think. Do you, do you see all that controversy about how he told Henry Cavill basically just to freak off? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> crazy. I mean, he's got you know. He, hey, dude, and Suicide Squad? I think that was the last one before that. Oh, yeah. The, Freaking, the okay. Suicide Squad, not Suicide Squad. Yeah, the Suicide Squad. The yeah. Suicide Squad was, yeah, really, really good, dude. which James Gunn did, and right. I was super excited about because he did the Guardians movies for Marvel, and I think those are those are like weird and different um, for to, to Marvel's standards, I think those are a couple of the better films in the MCU. Dude, I'm not going to lie. DC's smoking Marvel right now, for real. <laughs> Golly, I forgot about that movie. DC's DC's got some bangers yeah, on that Marvel pack. Recently. Um, so what was that? Was your number four? Yep. You have anything else to say about it? I um, think that pretty much sums it I up. I think I rambled on about Nolan and other things. <laughs> I'll talk about Nolan any day yeah, of the week, yeah, man. The, the Batman's really good. Um, it's long, but I think it justifies it. It's one of the movies oh, that actually justifies yeah. its runtime. I think there's not. It's easy to hey, once you get two and a half hey, back hours off longer. Of Avatar. <laughs> yeah. Once you get to about two and a half hours or longer, it can be you know kind of drag on and it it can kind of lose an audience. But I think they did a really good job of like you know making a it's approximately three hour movie entertaining. So, so what do you think would be your most ideal like runtime, like two fifteen? Yeah, I think I think there's. Um, I think between two and like, yeah, probably like two fifteen. I think yeah. two two and a half hours is when you get, you're like, kind of skeptical about it. Not that there isn't great movies that are two and a half, three hours, but mm. I think that the longer you make the runtime, the more you have uh, a chance of running too long or losing the audience, just creating like lags in the movie or whatever you know? i remember when the end game like runtime was released it's like it's like 302 or something like right. that people were like oh my gosh this is know? insane but now i feel like like two two of the movies on my list are over three so it's like yeah you know i feel like that's not even like a big deal anymore right it's more normalized than it was um okay so that's number four so i will move on to my number three which is a little Film, some of you An might indie have heard film. Of. <laughs> right, definitely not. Um, uh, Bullet Train is my number three. Do you ever see that? I've not seen this yet, but I've been wanting to watch it. Sa- kind of the same it. thing. Um, it's it's just very very different, and like it has its own. I like whenever movies and stuff, and I think like. Who's some like Tarantino's really good at this, and like other, there's other people that are really good at this. When it seems like a movie begins in like an already super mature, um, like universe, like you can tell that the director, the producer really thought about like the whole 
universe around the movie right. before it even starts. Mm-hmm. So it's like, because some movies I just feel like they're they're even kind of confused on like what's going on. Mm. But like whenever a movie starts and you can tell that even then like the whole storyline is thought out you know mm-hmm. like i think that's i love movies like that and i think bullet train's a great example of that and um it's really good actors in it um got some heavy hitters yeah bad bunny that's in, crazy <laughs> <laughs> he's in it um now brad pitt's obviously the main character which mm. i'm a big brad pitt fan i know that like a lot of people probably just view him as a kind of like the good looking yeah. lead I think he's an incredible actor. He's a though. great actor. Yeah, like, um, one of my favorite movies, probably within the past like five years. Um, Once upon a time. Once upon a time. Yes, in sir. Yeah. That's that, like that's he's one of my great. Tarantino movies. I think so too. Um, and I, he's great in that, and I think he's great in this movie too. Who else? The guy from Atlanta. I can't. Brian. Brian Tyree Henry. Tyree Henry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's um, he's been getting a lot more projects recently yeah good for also him. back to atlanta just real quick um him zazzy and then lakeith to think where they came mm-hmm. where they started at in 2016 yeah. where they are now i mean like, yeah they were relatively unknown right. especially uh zazzy beats and uh brian tyree henry yeah but even lakeith like he didn't have crazy big roles before that right like I think the only thing I'd seen him in before that was uh, the NWA movie. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's crazy. You know? Yeah, it has been a long time since that came out, like 2016 or whatever. Right. So, just another reason why you should watch the show. Um, <laughs> but then who else? Uh, Aaron, what's Aaron Taylor Johnson is also in that movie. He's mm-hmm. like, what is he in? Um, he's Quicksilver. Yeah, he's in the. In, the probably the worst Marvel movie like ever. Um, <laughs> yeah, no love for Age of Ultron. <laughs> Dude, that sucks. <laughs> that sucks, bro. That was a that was a that was in Marvel's like prime too, and that was a low light for sure. Um, I'm just a Marvel hater, man. I don't know what else to say, <laughs> but um, so yeah, really good movie, really good story, kind of a uh mystery type like. They're all on it. It's called Bullet Train. Obviously, they're like on a train the whole time, and to watch like a two and a half hour movie where they're all on a train the whole time, yeah, it's like I respect I respect the effort, and it really paid off. So, mm-hmm. uh, so that's great. Have you ever seen that movie? It's kind of like it's kind of like Knives Out, but they're all on a train. It's the like Orient murder. Express, yeah, murder yeah, on yeah. Express. No, I haven't seen it. But it's kind of like that. Um, so yeah, bullet train, really cool vibe, just like cinematography and stuff was great in it too. So yeah, definitely want to check bullet that train out. for sure. Brad Pitt, the goat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. You're number three, brother. All right. Number three on the best movies that I watched 2022 is none other than Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> Listen, this man was talking about, we're not going to do judgment. Okay, you should see him belly laugh across the I'm table sorry, from I'm me I'm sorry, right I just was not expecting Listen, that. Listen, I don't care. You can you can say whatever you want. about. Have you seen this movie? Yeah, I've seen it. Okay. You can say whatever you want about this movie. You can laugh at me. You can point 
I didn't point. Ridicule me. I didn't point. This is a good freaking movie. I will stand on that. So I I watched Top Gun. <laughs> I'm going to fall back on this one. The first Top Gun I watched like in preparation to watch Top Gun Maverick. So I had no I had no connection to that movie at all. I had no like feelings about it, no nostalgia or anything. And when I watched it, I thought it was pretty bad. I thought it was like really cheesy, like I I thought it was definitely like a product of like when it came out. Like I think it probably appealed to people back then, but it wasn't made for me in 2022. Dude, I'm scared. I'm scared of uh anytime someone's like, "Hey, there's this movie from like 1986 that you should go see." <laughs> yeah. I'm like <laughs> like it's like I know you might think it's good, but like people you can't you obviously can't disassociate yourself from like nostalgia and that right. kind of thing so it's right. like and a lot of those movies don't age well right at heck all. No. like and you watch it when you're young and you have a fondness for it but it's like someone watching it as an adult they have uh no connection to the movie so it could be a terrible movie but and you think top gun was that i don't think top gun was good i didn't like it very much at all i thought you know like i said i just thought it was a when did it come out? An early '90s movie, whatever it was. So I didn't, I didn't really have high expectations before the movie came out. But when it came out, I started hearing like, cra- like I, it started getting crazy good reviews. I was like, this, there's no way. Dude, like you it, know, on IMDb, it's like number like thirty something of all time. Insane. Like, it's insane. Like, like, so I was like, okay, well, I mean, even if it's not what, like, if it doesn't live up to the to these ratings like i've got to see it because it's so like popular right now and um it took a while before i did see it i saw it late summer probably in like august or something so i was like going into the movie i'm like this isn't like you know I, there's the hype and stuff so you're like this isn't gonna live up to it mm. this movie's freaking good dude it's like it's like an ex- it's it's like an experience really it's it's more of Wow, it's crazy, really, dude. It's like, really, I was like I, it had me shaking in the seat, bro. I was like, tri- really I was into trembling, this. bro. It's like, and it's it's a movie that like, if you didn't see it in theaters, you're not gonna get like, especially in like IMAX, you're not gonna get mm. like the full experience out of it as like watching it at home or whatever. But it it's a really really good movie. I thought Tom Tom Cruise is just he freaking he's Mr. Charisma. Like he could be doing anything. And I kind of like, forget. Our, our whole goal for this podcast is to get a Tom Cruise interview. So Yes. Actually, I'm changing my number one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the one through five slots. It's right, Top right, Gun right, Maverick. Right. We're going to get Tom Cruise on Shout out Tom Cruise. He's yeah. amazing. We love him. I support everything he does. So, uh, you know what? I respect this pick, actually. Yeah. Uh, so, I thought Tom Cruise was great. I mean, it's the the way it looks, the way it feels. Yeah, but what about the young guy that all the chicks wanted to like get with? Miles Teller. Yeah. Um, so he's in, a, I don't know if you've seen this, but he's in a movie called Whiplash. Whiplash. I've seen it. He's freaking great. That movie That's is an incredible so good. movie. Yeah. Uh, J.K. Simmons kind of steals the show, but Miles Teller really holds his own. Right. He's like really good in this movie. Um, so that was like, I've seen that, so I know what he can do. Like I know he's a good actor. And I thought he was good in this too. I think like, Probably the first half of the movie, he's kind of like just like a background character. It's more just the Tom Cruise show and mm. stuff. But um, 
the second half of the movie, I think he really gets like some character development and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I liked the cast. Uh, it's just really like really. It's a thrill. It's a Don't thrill. You the movie. Talk about my dad like that. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's a, quite the experience. It's a it's a really good movie. It was one of the. It was a lot of fun. It was one of the most fun experiences I've had in a movie theater in a long time. It was and a like, really good movie. I like I will say I will give it some good uh like all those were like like real, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It's cr- like all the practical effects and stuff that they yeah, did was like you're not gonna get like it you're not gonna see an experience as realistic as that. Mm-hmm. All right. Really good. Interesting pick. Number three. Interesting. Okay. All right. My number two is I kind of already mentioned it earlier, but um, it is a, I would say a thriller that um, takes on a topic that has been done multiple, multiple times, but in a super different way. And that is a little one word titled film Mm. by uh, Mr. Jordan Peele called Nope. That's my number two. That's a great pick. Um, I, I'm not going to lie, I love Get Out. I think that year, that was probably my number one. I don't, 2017, I think, is yeah. when that came out. Um, I think, yeah, like I would have said that was my number one movie then. Us was a super dip for me. I did, just did not like it for some reason. I disagree. I, I like that movie a lot. I didn't think it was, I don't think it was as good as Get Out, and I don't think it had like the kind of like the impact of like a get out, like of what it was like addressing, mm-hmm. but I thought it was a really good movie still. That's so, that's so part of me was like, okay, like Jordan Peele, one hit wonder kind of, you know, like director, you yeah. know, like get out classic, but whenever he acts, actually think about more ideas. Like that was kind of his only good one. And, um, but I will say, I will watch any movie that Daniel Kaluuya is in because I love Preach. him so much. Like, if I had to, if I had to make a movie right now, and I had to pick a lead, it would either be him or um, Jonathan Majors. I think those are my those would be like my two main people. Kaluuya though in this movie, he's just like so out of the realm of like the roles he usually does, which was like incredible to see like the super laid back, like um, most of his like acting and stuff was uh, just like kind of just in his facial expressions and yeah. that kind of thing. He was very like unstated. Like it's like a really subtle performance. Yeah. And like, I think that takes a lot of uh, skill to like be able to do that. I don't mean to keep going back to American Psycho, but um, you know the part where they're all showing their business cards, yeah, and like he's like freaking just pouring sweat, yeah, and, like he just has the most devastated look on his yeah. face, like just like stuff like that. It's just like not many actors can do that kind of thing mm-hmm. and make it believable, you know. Right. So Kaluuya for me in this was incredible, but I will say I don't think he was the best performance. Oh, because I think. Kiki freaking Palmer was the best part of this movie to me. And, um, which I was never like a hater of hers or anything, but it's just like, like, wasn't that the girl on Nickelodeon kind of thing? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I didn't take her seriously 
as an actor, actress, whatever you want to say. But I think I think she deserves more after this one. For I think sure. she proved herself as far as like she can be a lead and be like still kind of herself, you know, like you know, whatever that might be, like still be kind of outgoing and stuff, but like be in a dramatic role too. Mm -hmm. I think she just did incredible. And I think that like, that's a big thing for Jordan Peele to, you know, have gotten someone like her. So also, uh, what's my homie's name? Steve Ewan, Steve Ewan, however you say his last name. Mm -hmm. Um, he was really good in it and you know, he's in a lot of great stuff and I think he really performed well in it too. And just the whole, like, the whole trick of, like, even going into the movie from the trailers and stuff, you thought it was one thing, and then it wasn't. Yeah. Know? What? So whenever you, like, realized that, like, what was that like? Like, what were you thinking? When I realized, like, it wasn't a ship or whatever? Yeah, I guess. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, this is a spoiler podcast. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> we already told you, like, it's going to be a lot of spoilers. Yeah. Um to me, it was like, that's what solidified it. It's like, obviously, the movie was good up until that point. Mm-hmm. But it was like, once I was like, I was like, okay, okay, this is like an actual, like, really, really good movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know that part where the people, like, dress up as, like, the little aliens? Yeah. I was like, I was like, is this going to be it? Right. You know, like, that's so, like. Probably, like, 30, 40 minutes in the movie, and they're. Uh, there's these little kids and they're dressed in like alien costumes, and, uh, and it's a really like it's kind of a it's jump, really jump unsettling scare, jump scare type part of the movie. Yeah, it, you know? it, it's like an unsettling scene. Like they're they're all in the shadow suit. Obviously, you can't tell, but they look like little like aliens, like the stereotypical does not like alien design. And dude, I was like it, that was a good scene because it was like oh shoot, but it was like if this is really what it's gonna be, like screw right. this, bro. Like I don't want to see this. Um, it's kind of how, like, imagine Smile if it would have gone right, you know? <laughs> like, I thought Smile was a pretty good movie for the most part up until... Smile, but make it good. Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> up until you saw what the freaking monster was, and you yeah. were just like, well, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess you still saw what the monster was in Nope, but... But did you even really like, like do design, you still do you still know what it is? Like the I don't design know. Design for that for the creature like, is who even think, insane. Who could even think about something like that? I don't know, but it's like it's literally like nothing I've ever seen. Right. Like I like you you can't even explain what it is. Yeah. Like if you were to try to explain like, oh, so what was it? It's like I don't even know, you know? Mm-hmm. But um the fact that it looked like just a classic like UFO, but then it turned into just this like freaking bed sheet i don't know (laughs) i don't know i think that's a that's a Um, great comparison but um and then kind of like the uh the whole there there also is that deeper layer of like um it's actually been a long time since i've seen it but i remember it's like media and stuff and Mm -hmm. like how you can get swallowed actually by just like perception from other people and Mm -hmm. just like Cause what's the thing? If you, if you don't look at it, then it won't. Yeah, if you don't look at it, it won't like attack you. Like right. there's a at the beginning of the movie, there's like uh, there it's a horse, and um, he said, "Don't look it in the eyes, cause it'll get mm-hmm. aggressive or something." And uh, or they do something, they show its reflection, and it. Like, and that's how he figures out that like oh, it's kind of just like a horse, right? You know? And like the whole 
dude, the, the freaking opening scene of uh, Gordy. Yeah. You know, it's like, what, what am I watching right, right now? Right. And just like how that all ties into it, you know, like just the, how like, it's kind of like, you know, obviously the whole, like, if you don't look at things like social media and that kind of thing, then it can't, you know, destroy you. Mm-hmm. But also it's like how people in the industry of like film and music and just like show business period gets like eaten up mm-hmm. and like at some points have breaking points like the right. monkey did or like, I don't know. I This easily could have been my number one, but... I think I'm just, a bit surprised that it's not. I think it just barely got edged out by this other movie. So um, I will be genuinely surprised by the number one. I have no idea what it what it is. So Nope is my number two. I, it's more like my like one B. Another one's one A. But mm. um, yeah, I'm I'm back on board with the Jordan Peele train, and um, <laughs> I, I forgive him for us. And to me, this is better than Get Out. It's really it's a definitely really close. Yeah. I, it's great. It's a fantastic movie. All right. So you're number two. So my top two are actually movies that have already been said. Okay. They've already been. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot because yeah. we talked about one. I, I'm I'm gonna let you talk about that though because I bet you got more to say. But uh, so at number two uh, we have um, everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm. It's uh, the movie we were talking about earlier. It's uh, the movie. It's like a multiverse movie. Um, which I know that's kind of an that's kind of a weird you know premise for a movie outside of like a Marvel universe, but I think the way that they handled it was really I mean much better than anything Marvel could come up with. I mean, it's um, like like we said, it has Michelle Yao in it and um, some lesser known actors. Uh, also, Jamie Lee Curtis is in it too. She's like the She's like the auditor or whatever. But uh, anyway, yeah, so the I forgot movie, about that. Yeah, so the the movie is about this woman and her and her husband own like a laundromat and they're getting audited or something like that. And uh, she's kind of like you can tell that she's not really happy with the way that things have gone, the, like the path that she took, mm. um, and where she ended up. So um, something there's. I don't know if this she's like imagining all of it or or what, but it um, something happens and she um, gets, I guess, enlisted to like defeat this um, all powerful being or whatever, and she's like traveling all these multiverses and stuff. And uh, the like we said earlier, it's a really weird movie. Honestly, yeah, yeah, there's a lot sure. of and. Well, Probably not for if, everybody. If you're not, if you're not like into stuff that's like weird, weird and different, and just then like you probably off won't the wall. be into it. Like. Yeah, because like some some of the universes are like, there's a universe where people have hot dogs for fingers, right? <laughs> and uh, so, if that didn't sell you on the movie, I don't know what will. I think it kind of honestly part of it fulfilled the expectation I had for Doctor Strange in a weird way. Yeah, because like. There's part of me like halfway through Doctor Strange where I was like, this is going to be sick, bro. Like they go to all these different universes and like mm-hmm. you get to see all these different things. And yeah, it just it sucked. But it's, they do like the little sequence where they're like falling through universes, but they really stay in like two or three. Well, yeah, the entire right, right, movie. right. 
And like the part where they're actually falling through and there's like different art styles that and stuff. Like, awesome. That's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. If they like actually would have like dug more into that and stuff, but they just do like boring garbage, <laughs> like boring. jump scares. Uh. And stuff. <laughs> but uh, um. the thing about the movie is that it's not, it's not really about the, the gimmick of like the multiverse. Right. It's right, really right. about, it's about uh, this woman and um, she's kind of lost touch with how important her family is and um, her husband is to her. And she kind of gets to see how things would have been different if she had um, taken a different path and uh, kind of fulfilled the, the dreams that she had as she was a, a younger woman. And um, she uh, just comes to the realization that she wouldn't have rather had it any other way. And it's like there's a there's a sequence towards the end, and it's just like, I mean, it just hits you like a truck. I think mm. it, it hit it hit me anyway. Yeah. Um, it's like a really just sweet, heartfelt movie, but um, it's really good at the same time. I think the performances are really good. The it's the the uh, VFX is yeah, freaking yeah. much better than any any of the stuff that's come out of marvel since right. pretty much in game um so it, i mean it looks good I, I just think it's a really good movie it's um it can potentially be a tearjerker at the end so just be prepared be prepared for that but yeah, i think uh, that's like it's crazy because that's such a relatable thing for so many people mm-hmm. it's like what if i would have done this different or that right. different and so like whenever you it's like you know, you can't, you're not going to get something like that from a Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. So like having that whole multiverse thing and then playing it into that idea. Right. It was like, man, that's incredible. Like, like, yeah. Cause they don't have to do like, they don't have to appeal. They're not trying to appeal to a mainstream audience. They're definitely right, not trying right, right. to do that. As like, like you said, like a Spider-Man or a Dr. Strange is like they, right. they're Marvel's depending on that, the demographic, they have mm. to get it to as many people, make it accessible to as many people as possible. But they're they're just using kind of this multiverse idea as a catalyst for like yeah yeah a, like a really good story and um, yeah I think they did a really good job with it it's uh, one of the one of my favorite movies I've seen in a, a good while that's for sure thank you so definitely recommend you can go ahead and it was is nope your number one yeah we can so, yeah we can go and talk about that so uh, yeah my number one is nope okay. Um, you said a lot Anything of the stuff. Anything you want to add? You said a lot of the, you covered a lot of the bases. Um, I, yeah, you, I can't stress how good the the cast was. Like, um, Daniel Kaluuya, uh, he, he has so much range, it's crazy. Like, yeah. the, the last big movie he was in was Judas and the Black Messiah, mm. and he plays, uh, Fred, ha- Fred, I'm talk about a tearjerker. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, but, he is like he's just um he has this he's a motivator he's a speaker he's like very he's very vocal he's loud he's got this um this very uh distinct accent and stuff and he's like he's just like a pow- very powerful performance you're talking about in black messiah yes yeah yeah, yeah and judas and black messiah <clears throat> and in contrast to this He's like most of his performance, like you said, is non-vocal. Right. Like right. most of it is in his gestures, his facial expressions. His like half of his dialogue is just like grunts and yeah. You stuff. can't even really. It's not even audible. Yeah. Um, like the scene where it's very, very in the very beginning, 
where he's like having to like do this the speech for yeah. the horse. Yeah. Like he's like you know, like he's having to like and then Kiki walks in and she does it. Right. It's like like that is just a perfect combination of them two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think yeah. it's incredible. Yeah, it's just I uh, like to see his performances and how different they are. Um it's just I mean, he's a great actor and he's obviously he's great again in this one. And like you said, uh Kiki Palmer is like the perfect foil to him in right. this movie. So he's like very reserved and quiet and um not not great at speaking to uh it in the public. And she's like very um very out there, very much herself and very vocal and um she gives like you said, she gives a really good performance. She's great in this movie. I think they're they balance and they uh, they feed off each other perfectly. I think the dynamic is is really at this like what the one of the better parts of the movie is their dynamic as uh, brother and sister and um she she steals scenes in this movie yeah she's for sure. she she really is um it's the best acting i've seen out of her not that i've seen very much out of her true jackson vp yeah <laughs> she um, was i think she was in a movie that uh hustlers movie yeah, with yeah. jennifer lopez and stuff but yeah this is uh feel it's really good for her because like it's just crazy. She's like, definitely earned more work. Who would the think? Back of this performance. Who would think to call someone like Kiki Palmer for this kind of role? I know. Like, yeah. who would do that? Like, it, it props to Jordan Peele, man. I know I said it earlier, for but sure. the more I think about it, it's like I just think that like so many he could have called so many different people for that role that are like think about someone like a like a Zendaya or something mm-hmm. like that, you know. But like the fact that you call Kiki Palmer and like really gave her that shot to prove herself. It's right. incredible. And then uh, you talked about, we talked about them too, and then you have Steven Ewan, who is, uh, he's, I mean, he's fairly high profile. He's done some high profile things, and he's he's a great actor too, and he's really good in this movie. Um, he's really, he really plays like the trauma really mm. well, I think. Like, it's there's this one scene where he's kind of like, um, it's where it finally shows the, like what happened on yeah, the set, yeah. the Gordy scene. And um, it flashes back to him, and he's just got this like dead look in his eyes. Like, you, but you can tell that there's so much like there's so much behind his face. Like, yeah, but like, and at the same time, like he's willing to bury it all for more fame and attention. Yeah, you know? like he's he's like kind of he's commodifying like his tragedy. Tragedy, like right. he's uh, he's he's benefiting he's benefiting off of what happened when he was a child. And um, he witnessed all of that, like that insane thing where the there's a chimpanzee that like goes crazy on set, like just and murders, like brutally, yeah, murders brutally, and then uh, and then he sees the the chimp get shot, which is like one of the I thought that was one of the hardest, like one of the hardest uh, scenes in the in the movie to watch because mm-hmm. it's just like so sad but because like he he kind of makes that connection with them right and right as he they does. do like the fist bump yeah. thing and then um but uh so yeah so gross. he he go he as he's an adult he uh people are like so obsessed with that like that tragedy that they're like paying money to go stay at, at yeah. this place and like whatever whenever and he's, see all this he's memorabilia. Like, he's like walking through that like hall of like mm-hmm. and he's like oh this is this and like yeah people pay whatever to stay here you know yeah. it's like just crazy though. like right like and i don't know just to see like you said like his face like 
you can tell that there's so much buried in there like yeah. that he hasn't dealt with. Right, like in the whenever he's described at the beginning of the movie when he's describing what happened, I don't know if you remember this, but he's describing he's describing it through an SNL sketch. Right, like right, right. he's he's not describing what he witnessed firsthand. Like he saw the chimp and all what it was doing and stuff like that. He's describing it like framed as an SNL sketch that they did like a parody of that. Mm. And that I thought that was like a really like it was like really weird, but it was like he's not fully he's not fully processed this. He's right, like, right, right. like he's tried to parody it in his own mind. Right. You know? Right. And uh, but yeah, so he's like he's um, making money off of that. Like he's benefiting off of that. And then when he gets older, he turns and he kind of does the same thing to the the creature. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's an animal just like any other animal, and he's um, putting on a show for these people. And he kind of like you know it, you can see that he didn't really learn his lesson from yeah the, what happened as a child. And, and in the same way, like he thinks that he thinks that it has like a connection to him. Mm. And it's like as soon as he like fully buys into that, that's when it like eats him, you know. Mm-hmm. So in the same way, um, just like yeah, it's just crazy. There's so many like like full circle moments, kind of like that, yeah. that you don't even realize until you like think about it more and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So yeah, there's there's like so many themes in this movie and so many like underlying things that he's trying to convey. I I mean that's just like. That's just pretty much his thing. Like that's yeah. Peel's thing at this point. Is that there's so much uh, underneath, like what's um, what's obvious to the audience, and it's a mo- It's like his movies are they take like multiple watches before you can like start to grasp most of the stuff that he's putting out there. And that's why I think to me this is better than Get Out because. Like, at the time, like, Get Out, like, the whole hidden message thing was like, whoa, you know, like, mm-hmm. whoa, my gosh, like, it's crazy. But if you compare, like, the messaging and everything in this movie to that one, that almost kind of seems, like, super simple right? compared to this one. So yeah. it's like, you know, like, I think he's just grown a lot as far as, uh, like, what he's able to kind of convey and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So, yeah. Plus, uh the movie looks freaking great. Like the cinematography, oh, yeah. the movie's beautiful. Like the like, like the scenes, like yeah. just like the 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 back the backgrounds, yeah. the backdrops, like the sound and the sound design, like uh, of the, the alien and stuff. Like, yeah. When it eat, when it um, sucks all the people up, you can like as it's flying around, you can hear them like screaming, mm. and it gets like faint as it goes away. Like that, it's so crazy. And like whenever the scene where it does, like it shows when it um, sucks all the people Dude, up. Dude, that is so disturbing. I know that was one of the. That's one of the better horror scenes I've seen in a very yeah. long time. Yeah, because you, you'd never get like a like what the freak just happened. Yeah, like you never get a resolve to that. Yeah, and you just see him in this like you can't even like figure out what you're looking right, at really right, they're right. just kind of like in a tube like mm-hmm. they're all in there and they're all screaming and there's just like that big like dark uh center part yeah. of it like yeah like you said like it's just like what the freak am i watching yeah you know, it's like just the fact that you don't know to me makes it so much better like, right but yeah man great movie. what an incredible movie yeah, yeah. Um, so that's your number one. Well, I am anxious to hear what your number one is because I really don't have any idea. My number one is a little movie. 
by all of these are little movies. The director called Matt Reeves, and it is <laughs> <laughs> the Batman. You, you're a gaslighter. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely. I, I was saying number four because I can't believe you put it that low. Ah, and then okay, and then it that's kind of worked out. That's fair. Um, so like I said, this or nope to me was like so close. I couldn't really pick one, but um, we already talked about it so much too. So I'm not gonna spend a bunch of time on it, but um, I just think Pattinson's acting like I think he's the best one. Like I just do. Like, and I just think that uh just the 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 nirvana song in it and just yeah. like there's so much that just like little details in that movie that um like you said like i could literally sit down right now and watch the whole three hours like it was nothing i feel yeah. like like it was just like i probably saw it three times in the theaters and i think it was it was just worth it every time like i don't think i could ever just get tired of watching that movie and um like you said, just the lenses used and just like the the color palettes and that kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. it just, uh, it just is what I feel like Batman could have been in a movie form, and I just think that they did it perfectly. So honestly, I think this might be my favorite Batman movie. Really, if I'm being honest, yeah. I just really liked everything about it. Honestly, I I have no bad words about it at all. So. All right. Dang, he really went there. So that wraps Better up. than the Dark Knight? I think so. That is crazy. That's but it's yeah, it's a really great great movie. I don't think I don't think you're that far off. I don't think that's just crazy out of left. Right, right, right. Know. All right, so that that wraps up our top 5 movie category. It's so. pretty tough to get that top 5 together. I think. Yeah, I, I think so too. That, that was definitely the hardest one for me. Yeah. To to think about, dude. This this episode is legit gonna be like four hours long. Which I'm down <laughs> for it though. We may have to drop this as two parts or something. <laughs> two parters. <laughs> um. So what did I say we were gonna do? Albums or songs first? Shoot, man. We've been talking about movies for an hour and a half. You think I remember? Yeah, I don't know. Um, we can do just because it's next on my list. We can do. No, I want to do songs. Songs. Songs first. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you, you, you can run through your honorable mentions, and then okay. I'll do the same thing. All right. So I got quite a few honorable mentions. Ones that some of these were pretty close to making the top five, and then some are just songs that I, I really liked that were memorable to me. Right. Uh, same for me too. I got "Love You Better" by Future. One of the few, al- one of the few songs off that album that I liked. I did not like that album very much at all, uh, but I really liked that sitting one. Behind, sitting behind five percent, you can see the chain I didn't get you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I liked that one. I thought it was a, uh, it was a sweet little song from Future. He's got to sing on it. So I thought it was good. Um, I got "Break My Soul." By Beyonce. Interesting. I thought it was uh, a good little, it was a kind of a summer anthem. I thought it was a really good mm-hmm. summer song. Uh, I've got Buttons by Steve Lacey. Okay, I respect that. I like that. Um, it was really, this one was really close to my top five. Uh, buttons was? Yeah, Buttons. That was that, th- my favorite off of uh, his album. Uh, there was, but there was a few that could have gone here, but I, I just picked one from him. That was my favorite from him. 
we've got. <laughs> so I can't say the name of the song. Okay. But I'll, I'll say the initials. It's P and M off okay. of an album called Her Loss. Okay. Uh, really? Tra- yeah. Travis. That's on your honorable mentions. Yeah. Travis wow. Scott floated on that song. I thought. Uh, I thought that he, he had the best verse on the album, in my opinion. <laughs> In my opinion, I thought he freaking killed it, <laughs> oh and I goodness. am ready for him that's to ridiculous. drop. I'm ready for him to drop another album. But uh, yeah, so that's on there. I have uh, "Come On, Let's Go" uh, mm. by Tyler the Creator. It's off of was it Nigo's album? Yeah. Um, thought it was a really fun song. One of the he had a, a couple songs this year, but uh, really liked this Cassie one. Cash in, cash out. Yeah, that was that was a good good one too, but I like this one a little bit more. Um and then I have Magic by Vince Staples. That's a good one. That one's a bop. That was pretty close to my top five too. It's uh DJ Mustard beat. Mm-hmm. Um really good song. I think it's a really good like night driving song. But um uh, so yeah, those are my honorable mentions for the best songs that I listen to. Okay, I have I put I just put five honorable mentions and I'll kind of run through them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so first off, it's uh, first honorable mention. It's a little song. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that every time. <laughs> <laughs> every <laughs> song gets little, smaller and a, smaller. A, a, a little number called <laughs> uh, it's called uh, Two Infinity Links by uh, Quavo and Takeoff. It's the uh, intro off that album, mm-hmm. which I really really like that song a lot. I probably I didn't like the album very much, but. Mm-hmm. I, that song was like really really good and uh i wanted to include take off somewhere on here so that's my shout out to him and i just think that uh yeah that, that i i still listen to that song a lot the beat's really good um just what they're talking about is actually kind of has some depth so it's really good um second is uh a little no it, a little it, ditty it's called uh god did it's the title track off. Oh, this is anything but little. DJ Khaled's song or album <laughs> called God Did, um, <laughs> which overall not the best album I've ever heard. <laughs> but um, <laughs> this is probably one of the best Jay Z verses we've ever gotten ever. Wow! So like, I think one of the best verses from the best rapper ever has to make my list in some way. But it didn't sneak into the top five. So mm. if that says it maybe was close. next year, hope it was close. Yeah, do better. Um, <laughs> uh, third honorable mention is a song called "No Interviews" by Lil Durk. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to shout out Durk some way on this. I would say his album was close to my top five, and then this song was close to my top five songs. But I think Durk is like the the MVP of hip hop this year if i just had to crown someone mm-hmm. and also i'm really terrified of uh only liking like nerdy rap music so like i always have to kind of keep my edge with like people like little Derek. but i actually really do like him a lot i think he he makes it easy for me so uh shout out to him um slide for Dirk. the next <laughs> yeah, we're gonna slide for Vaughn one of these days um the next one came out very, very recently, but I'd love it. I think since I've since it came out, I've listened to it so much, and it's uh, and this might be like a really big TikTok song, but I don't, I don't know, I don't have any basis for like what I think what's I know big on TikTok. Is. 
but uh, Kill Bill by SZA is like, um, it's just such a good song. Like, it's probably my favorite from, and I think it's like the biggest one. So like, it's I'm not saying anything like crazy right here, but I just I love that song. I could listen to it on repeat for like a long time. And um, so yeah, shout out to her. Album's great. It didn't make my top five list, so I think I can talk about it a She's little bit. She's definitely not coming on the podcast now. Um, <laughs> this is a control might be my top, in my top five of like the last decade. So um, please don't. I, and I love SOS, by the way. It just didn't make my top five this year. And probably just because it came out recently. So that's fair. Yeah. Don't, um, don't not come on the podcast because of that. Please. <laughs> We would love you on here, SZA. I'm like a big fan of yours. Um, and then uh, "Violence" by The Game and Hit Boy, which was oh, not, yeah, I forgot that he which was not on his album. This was actually a single that came out before the album, but it didn't make it on it. Like thirty other songs did, but this one didn't. Make it. Oh yeah, it did. but couldn't quite make the cut. But I, this is my favorite for sure. Um, I like the game a lot. I know he probably is like corny to a lot of people and that kind of thing, but I watched a list of like the worst albums of the year from that someone did on YouTube. His was on, and his was like number like his was high on. It. I was like, I really liked it a lot. Mm. I I genuinely did, but I'm just a big fan of him. So, but yeah, violence him and Hip Boy, and then last off, um, this one was close to making my top five, but DMB by Rocky. Oh was, yeah, yeah, man! Like it was close, but I would say that's my. If I had to have a six pick, that's definitely my number six. So Rocky always makes something different. Have you listened to that new song you put out? Mm-mm. It's it's. Yeah, I don't love it, but it's it's cool. I mean, I, it's I, no DMB. I do. I like him a lot. I think he's super underrated musically, like just in general. And I know he doesn't focus like super heavy on music and stuff, mm-hmm. but. Like, if you look at his last three albums, like, there's a lot of people that don't have that kind of catalog. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, all right. So, what's your number five, official number five? All right. We've now reached the top five best songs of 2022. And it is only, what, an hour 50 in? (laughs) Hour 42, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, My number five is Highs and Lows. By wow. Chant by Mr. Chance the Rapper. No way. Joey B. Um d- definitely glad to see Chance back on uh my list because he's had a rough go of it um <laughs> in recent memory. Um his last album was a bit of a flop. It That's was, actually my number one on no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> number one of the two thousands. Um Really didn't like that album. Was super disappointed because uh, really liked him as an artist up to that point, and um, he kind of hasn't put out a lot uh, since then. Up until I guess this year, he had a few songs this year. A couple of them were pretty good, including this one. I liked it a lot. Um, his verse was his verse was good. Joey's verse was good. Just. Uh, Glad that he is making good music again, and hopefully he can put like a project together that's not just terrible, because yeah. we know what he can do when he's really on his game. But uh, yeah, for sure, I like this one a Wait, lot. Did you mean that good or bad? 
No, good, good, good. Okay. <laughs> we know what he can do in both senses, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Um, acid rap and uh, I think co- I w- coloring book are fantastic mixtapes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we we know he's got it. Maybe maybe he's getting back into that, that mode. I think I probably would have put the other one even before that for me personally. Uh, Child of Child God. God. That one's really good, too. Yeah, that... That probably could have made my uh, honorable mentions if uh, only did one per artist. And I think that uh, I think that that song maybe was so good to me because it was like, oh, like he can, he still has the ability right. to do this. You yeah. know, that's that's one of the big reasons that this one, like I like it a lot, but it's one of the big reasons it's in my top five because it's like good. You know, you're rooting for him and you really like him as an artist and. It's good to see that he still got this. Dude, I don't think I can understate how much of a fan of him I was at one point mm-hmm. and how much of not one I am now, you know? Yeah. And all because of that one album, dude. And just his just his whole vibe around that album, too. Yeah, his just like attitude and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It just, I hated it. He like but, put it out and it's bad and he tried, he just tried his just hardest really to defend it. And yeah. yeah. Anyway. He's coming uh, back, though. He'll be back. 2023, we'll get a chance project. Hopefully. But he also has some lows still. <laughs> okay. I like, see what you did there. Yeah, he's had some highs and some lows this yeah. year. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, the bar about a bar mm, or whatever. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. was definitely uh, gave me shades of big day. Big day energy. <laughs> but, um, well, we'll give him a pass. Every- I mean, he did more good than bad, right? Yeah, right, right, right. He's He's... Yeah, but moving the right direction. Come on, I can't. I can't forgive him for freaking groceries, bro. I can't do it. <laughs> Every time I want to shoot him some bail, I just think about groceries. Like what? I'm sorry, Chance. Please, love, if, if you're listening, to you please don't go listen to that song. Please, like, please don't. like for real. Like it's not even. I'm not even trying to make a joke. Like don't do it. Like, it will only bring you freaking pain. Little did we know it was fully, like, a sign of things to come. (laughs) Sometimes, like, your overthinking leads to, like, Mm -hmm. you being right, you know? Yeah. um, Am I at my number five? Yes, sir. Uh, I have my number five is from Drake and 21 Savage. Okay. And it's Hours in Silence. No, this one I've maybe listened to once. What? I've not come back to it. I'll be honest. I'll be like, I love like my top five songs could have been all Drake songs. Like I love Drake, and um, I think this is the most Drake song that we've gotten in like probably since like 2018. Like this is the most like just pure Drake, just being 100 percent himself like that we've gotten since back then and it was just like so good to hear and um the beats incredible uh, literally there's not a bad beat on that album i don't think um it's an amazing album it's not on my top five so i can talk about it some more just with this song but um but man yeah Drake, man, he he just like knows how to like. I love vulnerable Drake, honestly, more than uh, <laughs> more than like super like bragged braggadocious Drake, yeah. yeah. And like hearing him on, but like that's the thing, like he can make songs like this, 
and the other ones on the same album and it not seem weird. Like, I just wish I could, like, be like that, you know? <laughs> like, part of me deep down wishes I could just have that vibe to yeah. where it's just, like, super confident, like, I never lose sleep over no chick, way too much pride, you know? <laughs> right? <laughs> I can't remember what song that's on. I just remember that line. But then in this one, he's, like, he goes on for, like, three minutes about how just, like, he's, like, hurt. It's like, man, I feel that, you know? Um, mm. It's kind of like Blonde. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. Just kidding. All right. Let's. <laughs> I'm just none kidding. of that, please. I'm just kidding. But this is an incredible song. It's definitely the one I've listened to the most on this album. And um, I love Drake. And I love 21 Savage, even though 21 has like 10 seconds on this song, maybe. But and on the album. <laughs> Dude, he got his own song, though. He, this is a Drake and Friends album. Drake got like four songs on his own, and they gave Twenty One like one on his own. Yeah. But um, anyway, I love this song. Shout out to Drake. Shout out Twenty One. Incredible album. Go listen to it. We had an episode basically titled that. Yeah. So we're big still fans working here, on the so. merch. <laughs> Her last merch. <laughs> All right. So you can go on to your number four. All right. So for number four, I have Rock and Roll. This is by Pusha T, and Whoa. it's featuring Kid Cudi and who? Uh, <laughs> he who shall not be named. <laughs> Whatever, Mr. Man. Redacted. Whatever. Uh, man. So this uh, this is, I think, probably of all the music I've heard from him this year. I think this is my favorite verse from him. From who? <laughs> Kanye, we rock with you, bro. Don't don't let him don't let him uh, bully you. Yeah, I don't include me I, in that. I think we, this please. was a, a we as a platform. Um. <laughs> we as <at> Spotify, <laughs> we rep, we are representatives of Spotify. Um, dude, I think this was like a Donda Two song. If I'm gonna be honest, yeah, it was super super vulnerable, super like. Uh, I think it was really. Um, a lot of the stuff that he was wanting to say, like it was really, I think it was really relevant to all the stuff that he's been going through in the past like year. Yeah. Um, really good verse. And we got him. a Cuddy and Kanye song. Like, yeah. What more maybe, want, maybe right? the worst, or maybe the, the last, worst, the worst. no, maybe the last, uh, Cuddy and, uh, no, no way. Collab. There's no way between the two of them. But, um, yeah, I thought Cuddy was good on it. He wasn't. Sometimes I think he's a bit overbearing. Rock and roll, baby. I, th- <laughs> I think he sometimes he gets too much into the humming, and it's kind of like, okay, we get it, we get it. But I thought he was good in this. Uh, Pusha had, um, I think, two ver- a solid two verses. So right. Yeah, I thought it was a really good song. Is one of, it was definitely in one of my top plays this year. So, um, yeah, I got it at number four. Really good song. My number four, I don't even think you're going to know anything about this, but I'll talk to my listeners out there that that might follow me. Um, I had to put Tyler Childers on this list in some form or fashion. Um, I didn't put him in my top five albums, even though that album is incredible. I I spent like all episode basically talking about it, so I won't won't reiterate. A classic episode. (laughs) Right. Episode. uh, Was that seven or something? Seven, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one a lot. He knows the numbers, baby. Hey, um, man. But, I've been listening. Um, Purgatory is the song from that that I put on my top five. It's my number four. It's probably one of my most listened songs. Um, just really good production-wise, really good um, 
just a fun song to listen to. I don't know. Like he, he's basically like, uh, in the story, like, or in the song, he's like dating this Catholic girl. And like, he, you know, he keeps saying that like, maybe she can pray for him. Cause like, that's his only chance of getting into heaven and that kind of thing. And like with the whole spiritual theme of the album, this is kind of like a juxtaposition of like what, you know, some of the stuff you talk about earlier on it. So like, I don't know. And it just jams. Like it just like, this is probably the one that I could just like put on and really have fun listening to the most on my list. So I had to represent Tyler in some way on this. And I, uh, I chose to do it. Number four song, Purgatory off of Can I Take My Hounds to Heaven by Tyler Childers. So, yeah. Nice. I like that. I like that you have you have a pretty, you have a really diverse music taste. And I, oh, thank you. I uh, give you credit for that. But, uh, so yeah, I guess we'll move to my number three. Number three. Number three on my list. Uh, number three and number two are pretty close. And then... Number one and number two, there's a pretty sizable gap, I think. Okay. Probably for songs and albums, but we'll get to that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number three is a song called Walkin' by Denzel Curry. Kodak Black? Oh. No, 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 no. It's uh, by uh, Denzel Curry. It's off of his um, album that he dropped this year. Uh, yeah, it's just a really good song. There's a solid, just really solid verses. There's a beat switch in there, and... Um. Yeah, just like some yeah, love a beat switch, bro. Yeah. Love a beat switch. Word I really, to baby Keem. I really. Uh, he has like four songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's just be honest. Like, if Keem would drop something this year, it would been. It would have been on my list. Yeah. yeah. Um. He's definitely my favorite in rap right now, and he did kind of drop a little, little, a little deluxe, little side piece kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But um. Anyway, I really never got it. I never even actually gave a fair listen to that mm. that album in general. I think that, but I've heard that like he kind of really. I think that just like what I've heard is he's like stepping out of that like super just like aggressive rager yeah for role. sure definitely this is like his well I'll get into that but yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. definitely definitely a huge change of pace for him and like I said I really like when. You know, you try different things, and sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't. But like, you have to give them credit for like stepping out of their box and mm. stuff. Which I mean, uh. I don't know why you're looking at me like that. I can, I can okay, say. Okay, like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I guess you'll talk more about Denzel later in this. Yeah, episode. he will. He'll, okay. he'll make another appearance. All right, so we can save kind of the deep dive for yeah. that. But um, so okay, so my top three. Each, well, I'm not gonna say that. I'm not because that would kind of ruin it. But um, I'll just say my number three is I wanted to put one of the songs from the Steve Lacey album on here, and I I had to do it. Like number three is "Bad Habit" by Steve Lacey. Oh, and like, I know, I know. I mean, I don't like. I've heard people like. I know that a lot of people only know this song from TikTok and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So don't. If you heard me say that and you were like, yeah, like, I love that song. Like, no, you're not with me on this. Okay. Like, um, and like, we are not the same. This might be the career suicide for Steve Lacey. Like this song, you know, like it's just like, but it's, I, I, I remember listening to this album the first time and like 
it was my favorite song then, and I still think it is. I think that um, just obviously the production on all the songs on the album is incredible. He's a great guitar player, and just like he has a really good ear for like just good like good sounds. It's kind of like he's from that Odd Future school, right. and they all. I mean, we talked about this guy for like an hour earlier, but I don't think there's anyone from that camp that like doesn't have a great taste in music, you yeah, know, a good ear. Um, and but I think Bad Habit is just and like the subject matter, like the whole, you know, bite my tongue kind of thing. Like I wish I, I wish I knew, you know. Yeah, those are the lyrics. <laughs> um. <laughs> Dude, it, it just sucks, right? It just sucks to see all those videos of him on tour and that kind of thing. Like, yeah. Man. And, like, this song was obviously the focal point of all that. But it still is good enough, reigns supreme enough to make it on my list at number three. I think, like, like I said, the production is great. His voice is great on it. And then it has that switch in the middle. And I just think it's a it's a great pop song that, I think will be around for a long time and I'm glad it rose, you know, to so a lot of people could hear it, but also it's like, man, I mean, he, yeah, he definitely deserves the credit. I mean, he's been pretty like quote unquote, maybe like underground for a right. long time. He yeah. hasn't been like very mainstream, mainstream appeal, but yeah, this really, he really broke out with this one. And it just sucks that, that, it kind of got turned in, know what it got turned into. Cause like, he's like a legit artist. And, mm -hmm. um, to think that, that he like, to a lot of people got dissolved down to, Oh, that guy on TikTok, you know, mm -hmm. it sucks, but I want to represent for this song. Say like musically, it's a really good song no matter what. And yeah, so bad habits. Number three on my top five songs list. So I respect it. So this is number two, right? Yep, number two for number you? Number two, yes, oh. sir. Number two on my list is a song called Cody Blue 31. Really? Off the JID album, J-I-D, JID, however you want to say it. Uh, him and Denzel, I think, both came out with great projects this year, and there was a lot of, lot of songs that I could have picked from uh, those albums to make my two and three. Uh, but this one was um really different i mean he's jid for people that don't know i mean he's a rapper he's just a rapper a true rapper in the sense every sense of the word um but this is the it's like a it reminds me of kind of like a song you hear like a, a chain gang or something mm -hmm, like right. um he's got like a super spiritual element to it right you know? right and he is freaking singing like he, he's singing better than most of the people that that's what they get paid to do like, right, right. He, he's crazy he is he's got a really good singing voice and he just he goes off on the song i think it's really good i love the message um you know even on his first album those songs where he's like primarily singing yeah like, uh, those are some of the best ones on, on uh, the never what's story. the super slow one it's Oh, dude! Have you ever heard freaking Sandstorm? Yeah, it's a Mariba song, but mm -hmm. he's on he sings on that one too. Like yeah. that's incredible. Like, now nah, I agree. His his voice is just like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like Chance's like singing voice in a way that it's like 
you know that they're not like just the freaking best singers right but just their tone like it adds just like a certain just like sparkle yeah or like i feel that with kanye's singing voice sometimes too like it just fits what they're trying to do so well. Like, like they're not con- they're not like conventionally good singers, right, but right, like right. they sound good on a song. Yeah. And yeah, he he really just uh, he I think he really put his all into like his performance. I think it's a great song. And uh yeah, I think it deserves a n- the number 2 spot on my list. That's crazy. Uh so my number 2 is a song called uh cody blue 31 no way that's crazy <laughs> that's serious that's my oh, number two man. um yeah i mean we just talked about it but man <laughs> i it's such a like man it's just like that one really caught me off guard the first time i heard it yeah it was like i know i've heard him sing and stuff before but man that like even just just what he's talking about it's like so powerful like mm-hmm. um I'm trying to think of like lines from it. It's like, uh, just the whole, like even just the whole like chorus part, like, um, you know, we're raised for something. Um, this pains for something, you know, I hope a change is coming. We just got to keep swinging on, Mm -hmm. you know, like I think like for me personally, like that's so important. And, you know, he's obviously talking about his community and his people and that kind of thing. But like just in life, like that's, that's an important message. Like, like we're raised for something, you know. Like mm-hmm. and like the pain that we go through and the experiences we go through is for something. We just got to keep on going. And I think like that overarching message of this song, and then like you know him tying that into the whole theme of the album and just his life in general. Like man, like it was it was super powerful. And like you know, the more you get into it, the song is like super textured with like all kinds of different choir kind of yeah. elements and like almost to the point where it's like almost overbearing but it's just like it's perfectly like so loud kind of at the end that it's like man it's just like you feel like i said just like the power in it mm-hmm. and i think that um it like you said it's a it's a long shot from my number one song mm-hmm. but it's kind of in the same vein like i felt both of them for the same reason i think yeah jid is incredible and if you're a hip hop fan and don't know much about him, you know this is definitely your sign to go to go listen for to sure. him. For sure, yeah, he, yeah, he's he's great. He's a, he's really great and ver- really versatile. So, what if our one and two are the exact same? I feel like I feel like our one isn't the same, okay. but maybe I don't know. That I feel like I feel like you know what my one is. I think I do. Yeah. Uh, so number one is uh, who else? Who who else but Kendrick Lamar, <laughs> and the song is the uh, closing track. Okay, right. on the album, and it's called Mirror. Um, this one's just like really, it just gets me, man. Like I, uh, I, and it's probably the the song on this list that I've honestly listened to the least because it just gets me so like, it just gets me emotional, like. Um, in the, I guess we we need to talk about the album. But in the in the context of the album and his career, it's just like, I mean, if this was if this was the last song he made, I think it would be like pretty fitting. It's, I don't <laughs> think it will be. That would be the most perfect like send off, right? Think. But um, just the message and and um, he's singing on this this track, 
and he's Kendrick not, got one of those voices too. Yeah, where it's like he's, he's not, not a great singer, but yeah. like man, it fits. Like yeah, he he knows when to use his voice. He um, he's not quite the singer that I would say Jid is, but he's uh, he just gives a really good performance. Um, it's a beautiful song. It um, it just really hits, and it's one of one of my favorite songs from him ever dude it's a really good song and seeing it live was freaking yeah that was his a pretty his that was voice, a life altering experience live is even more just like <laughs> yeah special. it was yeah it like, was great like i was i was shocked at how good it sounded yeah like um all right mirror kendrick mr kendrick mr. lamar takes the top spot mr morale um that's your number one my number one is also a kendrick song um, it is the intro to the second disc on the album. Um, and it is called Count Me Out. And I think that I don't even know how to really talk about this song in the way that I would like to because, um, I don't know, do you? I just, I remember the first time I heard this, it was just like the most, um, I don't know, dude. I've just not, I'm not having many experiences like that with songs to where I just heard them and it was like, like in a way, it's like, like I could have wrote this, you know, mm-hmm. like like everything that he said, I just felt on such a deep level that it was like, man, like I think he's speaking obviously for himself, but like, man, this is about me too. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I just like, I don't, I don't have that experience very much with with songs that hear, <laughs> and to just like. To hear that, and then along with, like we said, just the whole album and stuff, like, man, it was so special to to hear. I mean, I could literally, I'm not going to go through every line of the song, but there's so many just, like, incredible, just, like, lines in that song. It's like, man, I don't know. It just, Count Me Out is just, like, one of the, I think it's easily my top Kendrick song ever, and um, easily, easily my top song of this year, definitely my most listened, like my favorite. I think it just fits all the categories. This is a no brainer for me. And, um, just like even just how, I mean, we know Kendrick can rap, but just this is rapping on this song too. It's just mm-hmm. like, man, it just catches you so off guard at first. And then, um, to, I don't know. And then he does that kind of singing part at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, golly, man, it's just so powerful. <laughs> I I love this song. So I, I mean, I would keep going on about it, but it would just be me, just being like, "What the heck, man!" Like, <laughs> every time I hear this song, still, every time I think about it, like, I still have that same feeling. And um, yeah, man, like Kendrick just, and we'll talk about it more in a second. Yeah. I, I want to save kind of my deep dive for we'll definitely circle back for it. Yeah, uh, Kendrick will make another appearance in this episode for sure. <laughs> Um, but yeah, count me out. Definitely go listen to that if you haven't heard it. So, all right, are we ready to move on to top five albums? Which think, is probably what I was most excited for. I think on this list. Yeah, I think we can dive um, on into it. All right, so you can do your honorables again, and then. Yeah, I just have a few. Um, they're honestly, uh, this was similar to movies um, in that I guess I just didn't listen to a whole lot of albums or at least ones that I just really liked. But um, I've got just a few honorable mentions. Um, I've got Her Loss, 
which is uh, okay, okay, which is go. a Drake album featuring Twenty One Savage on a few songs. It's a Drake right. album. It's a Drake album. It is, yeah, for sure. But uh, I thought it was definitely better than uh, the other one he released this year, without a doubt. I know uh, I'm getting I'm getting some looks. Right, no, it's fine. I'm getting some looks from over across the room. But uh, yeah, I definitely didn't like. Um, what is it? Honestly, never mind. What, that's what is, it is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it's called. <laughs> what uh, is it? Definitely wasn't a fan of that. Wasn't a huge fan of Certified Lover Boy either. Um, so definitely think it's his best project since Scorpion. Um, but yeah, it was solid. I'm glad to hear that he hasn't completely lo- completely lost. Yeah, it. In like Dark Lane demo tapes. Was that after Scorpion? Yeah, I liked a few songs off of that, but I didn't. It didn't really hit me in any type of way when it came out, but um, yeah. So this one, this was a good one. I'll give him credit. He uh, he 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 came back with a little bit of something. Mm. But um, next, I have uh, SOS, which is C. That's your honorable mention. Which is yeah, nice. Which is uh, SZA's um, album that just dropped probably two weeks ago, something yeah. like that. Um, definitely not as good as Control. Uh, I like Control a lot. I think it's a really good, really good album. Um, it doesn't have a lot of like uh, bloated, bloat or fat or anything. I think almost all the songs I really like or really enjoy. Uh, great project. SOS is good. There's a lot of good songs that I enjoy, but it's 22 songs long. I think that's a bit much. Um, and there was. So I said, like I've said several times, I I commend her for trying different things on the album. Like she's got, she's kind of got like a, a like yeah, a like rock, a, like song. a punk rock, yeah, yeah. Like kind of reminds me of like Avril Lavigne. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. Like yeah. in that same vein. Uh, don't really care for it, but she tried it, and that's cool. She has a couple raps, a couple songs where she raps, like the intro, yeah, yeah, which um, is the, the the champagne poetry sample, you know. That's what it was. Yeah. 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 She likes to sample uh, other people's stuff. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, but um, didn't think that was great either. I don't think she's a great rapper technically, but I mean, that's not her thing. But she tried it and that's cool. Uh, but there's lots of good songs in here. Um, I like, let's see, there's Gone Girl. I like that one a lot. There's, uh, I'm trying to think of the names. It just came out two weeks ago. So Kill Bill. Yeah, that one's it's a good song, good. dude. That one's pretty good. Um, it's a good album, but I think it's too long. Uh, I think if it probably was maybe 12 to 15 songs, it would probably make my list, but, uh, still a good project and glad that she finally put out music again after what, like five years. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I feel the same about control that I feel about this. Like it is just like, it could be like my number one. It's a really, really good album. I love her best songs. Some like her her best project by far, of course. Uh, it's a really, really great album. Um, and she's a really good artist, so. Punch. What's up, bro? Yeah. Start letting SZA put out more music on me. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if she she left soon, too. Honestly, Man, I don't know. what a fall. What, what a fall they've had. Uh, but, yeah, so she made the honorable mentions. And then my last one is uh, Gemini Writes by Steve Lacey. Mm. Um, this was pretty close to making my top five. Um, I really, really liked the first half of this, the album. 
the first half is my favorite. Yeah. The second half, it kind of like don't have a lot that I just love. But there's like the there's like a three song stretch. I can't remember. I think there's buttons. There's like. Um, is there Mercury? We'll, we'll talk about it in a second, yeah. We'll anyway, uh, yeah, I thought it was a really good project from him. Um, but like I said, didn't quite make my top five. Pretty close, but uh, some of my favorite songs, though, were on that album. So really good project from Steve. So That's your last one? Yep. Okay, I'll start my honorable mentions now. Um, first honorable mention, a uh, young man that I really like a lot. They've been kind of, been kind of, on his trail for a long time. Um, he released an album called Ramona Park Broke My Heart. Um, Vince Staples is a star to me. Like he, he's an incredible rapper. He has his own sound. Like I did. And like this one, even more, it was just like, he's had great out. Like what was the big fish? Like I loved that album and, yeah. um, big fish theory. Right. Yeah. That's um, what but this one to me is just like so special and it just like I think also like seeing him live early in the year kind of like that got me really thinking cool. more yeah. towards that and you know like I think that was pretty close to when the album came out so I, I was heavy on him at that point and that's why I think I listened to it a bunch but um so yeah it's honorable mention um You Can't Kill Me by 070 Shake that's on there as well um, really good album. I saw her as well, and I think that kind of got me listening to that a lot more than I probably would have. But I, I mean, I like her a lot, and I like her vibe. She makes music that I really enjoy, and um, uh, yeah, she's on one of my favorite Kanye songs of all time. So like, I gotta shout her out anytime I get the chance. What what kind of like genre does she occupy? Um, it's. I mean, I know, like, I would say alternative is a weird thing to say, but it's really hard to categorize. Yeah. I've heard she so doesn't much. rap. She makes like, very different music. Right. Like it. Yeah, it, it, it'd be hard to say. Like, it's not really R&B. It's not hip-hop. It's not, like, rock. But mm-hmm. it kind of just floods the line between all those, you know? Yeah. Um. Uh, Lavender Days by a band called Camp with two A's. Um, it's a it's kind of an, a lot of people will know what I'm talking about, but if you don't know, um, they're kind of like a new age uh, folk type band. Um, and I liked that album a lot. It just wasn't it it couldn't top any of the ones in my five that I have right here. So that one, um, Come On You Know by Liam Gallagher, which is the uh, lead singer of the 90s band Oasis. I don't know if you know any of their songs. I've heard of them, but I don't know. Their Wonderwall. Music. You ever heard that song? Heard of that song. Yeah. Anyway, he released a solo album this year. Really good. I mean, I'm a huge fan of him. I'm a big Oasis fan, so like hearing him sound good and kind of get back into making good music that I like was a really dope experience to... to be a part of and then last honorable mention i have is um i know nigo which is you know an album hip-hop album that curated by nigo which is like a super influential kind of fashion designer like he started the clothing brand bape which i don't know if y'all 
know exactly what that is and stuff. Really big friends with people like Pharrell and and Push and um, who else? Is, I mean, Tyler's on this album twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rocky's on it twice. Um, that the the intro song, the like the freestyle song, like I I love it. Like mm-hmm. it just it's really fun. The the this album is not conceptual in any means. It's not like super serious, but it has great songs and like I enjoy listening to it whenever I think about it. So. Yeah, shout out to Nigo and all the people that, that were on that album, for sure. All right, so that ends Monorable Mentions. So you want to go into your number five? All right, so at number five, I have uh, an album that dropped pretty recently, and it's called Heroes and Villains okay. by right, Metro Boomin. Um, so I guess I kind of have, like, a different criteria for albums. I think I kind of have a hard time listening straight through albums, uh, whether it be for time's sake or just interest. Um, but, uh, <laughs> interest. um, he, or this, this album, um, I probably liked like three quarters of the songs, which mm-hmm. I think is a pretty, I think it's a pretty high hit rate for me. I think, uh, the beats are insane. Like it's, it's Metro, like, you know, right. and, uh, I think what's cool is that, um, I think it's common for people that, uh, like producers and people that make beats, is like they'll there's like a lot of songs that they made the beats or whatever, or they'll put out like beats for just a bunch like a lot of different artists. And I think he's really selective when with doing that and releasing projects and stuff. And I think right. that uh, really helps the quality of his of his projects because his last one I thought was really good too. Oh, there's a lot of yeah. a lot of yeah. great songs on that one. Uh, uh, this is just an, one of those fun albums. You don't have to really think about it. You just listen to it, and it's got some bangers. It's, uh, I thought, really good. Definitely What's your favorite song album. from it? I like uh, Niagara Falls, but I think I think the uh, so there's a lot of a lot of people that make several appearances on it. Like Travis is on it three times. Mm-hmm. Future's on it a couple times. Um, Don Tolliver, I think he's my favorite of the people that were on this. I think all of his features were good. I like all the songs that he was in. I think he What's killed that? it. What's like the, it's like the third song. What's it called? Um, I can hear it. I just can't think of the name of it. I'm have to uh, Too Many Nights. Isn't that the name of yeah, it? I think, I think that is what, that um, one. Um, that's dude. Yeah. yeah. He's incredible on that. Like, yeah. He's, he's really turned into like someone that I like look forward to like when they have a feature or a feature on an album, I really look forward to that track. Dude, I was, I was late. I was just late on him. I think like, I know that I know that I just, I wasn't sold after Astro World, mm-hmm. which now and I just didn't like that song. Now that's like my favorite song on that album. Yeah, I think it's like really the best on one. Song, yeah. And um, I remember, I remember his album after that came out the same day as Jay Electronica's album in 2020. Oh yeah. So I didn't listen to that Don Teller album at all. And um, but then the one was it last year? It's like yeah. Uh, dude, that, what is it called? Uh, that would have escape or something like that. Yeah, I think something it like is. that. It's got the really dark cover. It's like three of him on. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that is incredible. Like, it's a really good project. Yeah. Like, really. and I just think that 
for a while I just kind of thought he was just like, oh, this is just like a Travis like clone in a way. Yeah. But like, man, he just really. I think he's really came into his own recently. Mm-hmm. And he's got he's got like a unique singing voice, and um, yeah, I really think he's like you said, he's really carved out a role for himself. Yeah. And, and like he shines like crazy on that Metro album for sure. Yeah, and he's got if we can game, right? He's got Caliuchis. Oh his yeah, you know? that's crazy. He uh, he really uh, I don't know I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Some people just got it. Man, yeah, you know? he's he one of those game. people. Um, so that was your number five, Heroes and Villains. Um, my number five, we talked about it a bunch at this point, but, uh, Gemini Wrights, Steve Lacey, um, mm-hmm. let me pull this. I got all my top five pulled up so I can kind of look at the, uh, track listing here. Mm-hmm. One to five is like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like that's- if, if that would have just been some kind of like little EP or something like, I mean, that's, that's perfect. I mean. Like you said, it does kind of get – I still love the second half, but it does get a little bit weaker. But um, Static, which is the intro, I love that song. Um, Helmet. That's – that was – Helmet. I I was between putting Bad Habit or Helmet on my top five songs. I knew one of them was going to go on there. But but Helmet into Mercury, into Buttons, into Bad Habit. It's just like, man, like that's a crazy – five songs to start out yeah and um obviously we know steve lacy from the internet and and he's he's had the band the internet right 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 not not the web um said in the internet you know um but and he's had solo work before this but like man like if you were didn't think that he was like destined to be just a mega pop star i think this is like this is definitely his calling card into that. I think that for sure. Um, just like, and and another whole thing, like he made he made like a lot of that internet music whenever he was like sixteen, That's crazy. like on his iPhone, you know. Yeah. Like and he made uh, what's what's some other stuff he produced? Pride on Kendrick's album. Really? Yeah, he made that song. I did not know yeah. that. That's and it's just like to think about, and he's like only like twenty four now. And think about someone who's accomplished so much at such a young age. Like, he's just, like, he's really set up to do a lot of crazy stuff in the future. And I think Gemini Rights is just, like, a perfect intro into, like, um, his talent and just his his sound and just what he likes in music and that stuff. And mm-hmm. and it just really resonates with me and kind of I just relate to a lot of the, the sounds that he likes and that kind of thing. So... I'm really excited for what Steve Lacey has to offer in the future, and I think this is a perfect like intro to that. So, Gemini Wright to number five. Good pick. All right, so we're to number four. Yeah. Uh, number four on my list is It's Almost Dry by Pusha T. It's, uh, is that a little low, a little too high? Well, I'll, I'll talk about it after you do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it was a, another good project from Pusha T, I think. I mean, when was the last time he put out a bad uh, project? He's doesn't he doesn't put out music a whole lot, so um, I think that bodes well. But uh, yeah, it's just another good another good uh, snow album. Snow baby, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's got a lot of. It's there's a few that I don't like, but for the most part, I like most of the tracks here. 
that's uh, got rock and roll on it, which was in my top five. Let the smokers so, shine the coops. <laughs> yeah, it's got a lot of you like a lot song? of heavy hitters. Um, it's got neck and wrist. Oh yeah, it's got incredible Diet Coke. Mm. Honestly, it maybe it should have been higher on my list, but um, yeah, it's a it's a really good album, um, and I think it uh, definitely is one of the best five of the year. I'll talk about the Pusha T album because it's not on my list. Um, oh, interesting. I, it is incredible. Like it's an incredible album. Like don't get me wrong. Didn't like, even make the honorable mention. No. Wow. Um, I mean, you get how, how many songs? Was it like ten? I think it was like five beats from Pharrell, five mm-hmm. from Kanye. Um, and it it's great. Like I, I listened to it a bunch when it came out. It's just like. Push your tea, bro. I'm tired. Like, uh, yeah, I'm it tired. is. I mean, he's I'm tired of this. He keeps the same themes, the same like if, subject matter. If you want me to take you, like, serious, not seriously, obviously, but like, I can't say that Push Your T is like a top whatever rapper because, like you said, like, I just don't feel like he's ever even attempted to do anything different. So it's like, is he even really that good? Yeah. I don't and, I think he's just and, really good at what he does. Right. And 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 that's fine. And I think he's got a crazy like loyal fan base that's always mm-hmm. gonna support him. And I will too. Like I'm don't get me wrong, but like for it to be like people's like number one and stuff, I just can't get behind that because it seems so it's just like we know he can do that. So it's like what's so special about it? Mm-hmm. You know? It's kinda like the same like we know that the live action Lion King is going to be good because the regular one was good, right? You know, <laughs> like yeah, I, I feel the same way kind of about that. Like, um, so that's my I guess take on the it's almost dry. Incredible I album. I point. think that you could go listen to it and really really enjoy it. But um, yeah, I'm just not not a big. It it's just kind of disappointing to see him go back to that same formula over and over again. So I respect it. Uh, I disagree. Num- was that your number four? <laughs> yeah, that was my number four. Uh, so my number four, we've talked about it a lot, like, like I said, but is the uh, Forever Story, J.I.D. Um, I think that, you know, at this point, I feel like we've been J.I.D. fans for a while, and um, even though he seems still like a new artist, but um, I wasn't a huge fan of his last album. Yeah, What's it? DiCaprio too. Yeah, and so I was kind of—it was disappointing. It was kind of like, you know, like he made that really one really good album, and I really liked it. And he's Dreamville, obviously. He's got the J Cole co-sign, and um, he got the Cole sign, as I like to call it. <laughs> I just messed up saying that, but it worked. Um, um, but this album, I feel like JID is just—he's him now. Like he. He it's Jid is him, right? Like he's him. No, mm. I'm just kidding. I mean, I, what I meant by that is like all the oh, he sounds like Kendrick. Oh, he sounds like this. Oh, like that. It's over now. Like yeah. he's just like it's JID. Like it's him. You know who it is whenever he you know he puts out music. Whenever you hear him, um, I just think all that like he just solidified himself in kind of hip hop in general. I think with this album and. It's super creative. We talked about Cody Blue 31, but um, Radar, it's another really good song on that. 
What's the really? What's the single? Uh, not not surround sound. I dance like dance now. Dance now. Yeah. I like that one. Dude, dance now is incredible. Like, um, but surround sound with twenty one on there is incredible. Um, Cody Blue thirty one into uh, what's it? Brett and them with with Derek. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like that's that might be my. I think that's my second favorite song on there. I think Derek's verse on there is in, insane and. Just and like Wayne's on there, like yeah, it's just Jad is incredible, and I think if we haven't convinced you to be a fan of him by now, I don't know what what more would. But yeah, that's my number four is uh, the Forever Story. Speaking of the Forever Story, that's my number three album nice, on the list. Nice. Uh, um. So these my top three. I think they all kind of uh, do sort of the same things in different ways. And to to uh, varying degrees, I guess. But uh, the they all are like they all are very vulnerable albums. They're very like um, they they're letting you in. They're like putting everything out on the table. They're like mm-hmm. talking about their their uh, upbringing, their family, the trauma, the hardships, and um, kind of like also celebrating where they are uh how where they've ended up and um this one definitely fits that mold uh i think for sure his most his most uh vulnerable and um it's just like a really it's a really beautiful album i think and um probably my favorite from him uh his rapping's great but his singing is I mean, maybe even better, yeah. honestly, on this album. Um, you covered a lot of the bases, but um, yeah, I think it's a really good album. And uh, two and three are pretty close on this list. So uh, yeah, Forever Story Jit. Give him his flowers. Yeah, give him to him while he's here, baby. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so my number three was on your list already, but it's uh, Heroes and Villains, Metro Boomin'. Um, Metro Boomin and all the people he works with is just like my era of fandom of hip hop. Like it's mm. just it's right down my alley as far as like, and I think that it's so special because he just brings out the best in so many people that I love. Like yeah, like when's the last time you heard Future like that? Right? Like I don't <laughs> like I don't even think he rapped like that on this album. You know, like a lot of times it just doesn't seem like he's trying. Right. And I think you just like every time Future gets with like someone like Metro or like Drake, like I feel like they can bring the best out of him. And I think that like that superhero song, like, oh my gosh, it's so good. I that that could have been on my top five songs list. Like it's just it's so refreshing to see someone that I revered. So dude, like I was convinced Future was top five all time in like 2015 you know like it was just like um seeing someone like that just get to those like peaks again and same with thug i i think that um his song on there uh was it metro spider yeah. is like like oh man we just haven't heard him like that in so long and it was so refreshing to 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 hear him rap like that because i mean he's just kind of been off that like wave of like super rap you know heavy music and 
I just think he can rap as well as almost anyone when he actually tries. Free thug. Um, yeah, man, free him, bro. Like this is getting this is crazy, man. Gun it like everyone's home except Thug, and like it it sucks that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad they're back, and but it just like the whole thing just seems so crazy. Like to, seems fishy to think that they can use song lyrics as yeah court that's, evidence. That's it's asinine, like, dude. That's like, ridiculous. What's even the point of that? You know? Yeah. And anyway. Yeah, man, free thug. I I hope he gets home soon. I'm glad Gun is back. Um, the whole YSL squad. I hope they uh, hope they get justice, and I hope that they uh, get returned home safely. And and they, you know, I would love to hear Thug. It's like first day out song. So hmm. yeah, shout out to him. Man. All right, what's your? You said you're number three. Mm-hmm. So you want me to go to number two now? Or you want to go to number two? Okay, I do my number two. Because you just did your number three. Yeah, right? yeah, you're right, you're right, you're All right. right. Number two, uh, like I said, two and three are really close. Um, and I think they're, like I said, I think they're in the similar in similar veins as albums. Mm-hmm. But uh, number two is Melt My Eyes, uh, See Your Future, I think. It's See Your Future, I'm pretty sure, by Denzel Curry. Uh, yeah, I just really, really like this album. He, um, you mentioned this earlier, but... He's been uh, he was kind of like known uh, for being like this aggressive rapper, like really hard beats and um, like really just crazy flows and. I am the one. Yeah. <laughs> What's that song called? Ultimate. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but this is like uh, completely different than. Um, any of the projects he's had before. I think there were signs of it on his last one, or his last full album, which was Sirens. Mm. He had projects in between oh, no, that's then. That's a good one. In between then. Uh, but he, sh- he showed a lot of that, um, kind of like a lot of the subject matter on that was like, it was really so kind of surprising to hear from him. But uh, yeah, this one, he is his least like, hard headbanging whatever uh album that he's put out it's uh very very much dialed back it's a lot more mellow there's some singing there's some like soft sweet beats and stuff um i thought it it was just a really good album it's got one of my favorite songs on there um walking but there's a lot a lot more songs on there that uh are really good and um, yeah, I just really like the direction that he's gone and the um, kind of the development that he's shown as an artist. And um, he's really shown his versatility. And yeah, I really thought it was a really good project. Um, and he deserves the number two spot on my list, I think. Nice. Denzel, baby. You know, he's one in one of like the best uh, hip hop ciphers of all time. Yeah, that uh, 2016 <laughs> XXL cipher yeah. with. Uh, him, Uzi, Yachty, Twenty One Savage, um, Yak. Yak, bro. Oh yeah, Yak, Kodak. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Just right. my boy like that. Yeah, my bad, my bad. So my number two is <laughs> my number two is a. Uh, this is I feel like I know what this is. It's a, you know, I could have put. I didn't put one of Drake's albums on here, uh, but I could have. I wanted to put both of them because both of them were 
But honestly, never mind is my number uh, two um, grown album of my year. And you know, a lot of people are gonna try to bully me out of that opinion. And um, <laughs> but listen, this is my favorites list. I'm not saying it's the best. I, I think probably her loss was better. But man, like this album just defined my summer. I mean, I I remember. Uh, hearing it for the first time and just being like screw this bro like this what am whack. I listening to but then man I just kept listening to it for some reason and man I was just like I was just jam and like I really thought that maybe that was just like a I don't know maybe a fluke maybe I just but I've listened to it probably for the last like two or three days and man it is so good like it is so good I I just I don't understand maybe it was just so different that people didn't like it, but um, I'm people. Man, like I just there's literally uh, there's not a song in there that I just skip, um, like unanimously. Like there's songs obviously I, I like to hear more than others, maybe. But let me go through the let me go through the list here, because golly, there's some crazy <laughs> good songs in here. Uh, Falling Back, which is like, I know people could make fun of that song, but man, I love that song so much. Um, let me think about it. It's the one where like his voice is weird. Yeah. I mean, there's several where he's kind of like altered his uh, voice, right? But, you know, how can you say, you know what I'm feeling when you don't feel nothing? You know, it's <laughs> like, when you really think about that, like you don't feel anything. How can you say anyway? Um, <laughs> Texco Green is probably uh, it's not my favorite, but it's it's so good on I mean, there. Like it's it's really it's like a six minute song. Um I could listen to it all day long if I had to. And then it goes into currents, which is another classic. Um it's got that it's got that like spring sound in it, which I know a lot of people didn't like, but it's just different and it's like um but even if you don't like it's got two incredible hip hop songs on it too. Like, uh, Sticky and Jimmy Cooks are like, I mean, what more could you want, man? Like, I think that Jimmy Cooks might have been like the biggest hip hop song of the year. Like, and I just think that, I think that it was probably better than any of the Her Lost songs. Really? Yeah. Like, just as far as like their rapping and like the beat selection and that kind of thing. So, but man, like massive, gosh, massive is definitely my favorite out the album. So, listen, I know it might not be for every occasion, and it might not be for everyone. And I think that like maybe I just really like dance music a lot, and I just haven't listened to the right stuff yet because I've heard people say like this is not a good dance album. But I don't know, man. I just like have such a connection to this album for some reason, and. um I uh, <laughs> it's really funny. One of my friends, like, he like got broken up with like the day that I was really getting into this, and like I just remember this moment because like man, I was listening to it so much, and like he was just like we had talked about whatever for a long time, and like he was just like laying on the couch in there. This is when I still lived here, and I was playing that, and like dude, he was just like laying there like so sad, and I'm <laughs> over there just like you know like, <laughs> like going crazy to. It's just funny to think about, and like I, it's just like 
it makes you feel good, but also makes you. It's it's kind of a heartbreak album, just like um, just like Blind we were talking about earlier. Um, I'm gonna keep comparing these just to try to <laughs> just to try. To, You're just trying to put it in the consciousness of people <laughs> like that they're in the same. Honestly, sentence. never mind Blind. Um, <laughs> and I just think that uh, I just it just man it, it hit so hard whenever it came out for me, and I just never want to be the person that like didn't like 808s you know oh yeah so like, I, I had the same feeling about this like it was super shocking to hear because one i mean there was no he, he released like like the fact that he was even dropping like that day yeah so there was no that was up. that was really crazy and he made sure that like people knew it was an album it wasn't just like a mixtape or something mm-hmm. and so just like there wasn't much of a build-up which made it better i think for me personally but then I still didn't like it at first, but um, I don't know. It just really, really grew on me more than almost anything else. So, yeah, honestly, Nevermind is my number two best album. And, like, this is a far shot from my number one. Don't I don't want you to think that, like, this and my number one are close because they're not. But it's still really good to me, so. Do you want to just just say our number ones yeah okay you know what if you don't like mr morale and the big steppers you can just click off now yeah because this is about to be the freaking longest section of the whole podcast um, yeah i don't know i don't know whose podcast you think this is but right you need to unsubscribe like who, right, right well <laughs> don't go crazy we um, already got there we already got their view that's right there. true that's they're listening um Man, where do we even start? Right? Like, I'm gonna, I don't know. I'm gonna pull up the list first, the list of songs, so that we can remember all of them. But our number one, um, needless to say, is Kendrick Lamar's album "Mr. Morale" and the Big Steppers. Mr. Morale. Um. So I'll just start. We can just go through, and then as soon as we we hit a song that we really want to talk about, we can just talk about it. First of all, "United in Grief." Uh, this was really close to being. Let's just stop right there. <laughs> yeah, this was this was really close to being uh, my uh, favorite song of the year. No, I agree. I de- I listened to it. Uh, was, I mean, it's in the top five of the most listened. Like my t- ten of my most listened to songs are on this album, something like that. Um, it's just an incredible intro. I mean, this is the first we're hearing from him. I mean, we had heard. Uh, he had featured on Baby Keem's album that dropped last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. He may have done like uh, featured on. He did a Sir feature in 2019. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. So before the Keem one, that was his last one, and before that one, it was just like I don't know. I guess J Rock and then like yeah, we've gotten maybe five verses from him between albums. Like, yeah, and so he released um, he released Damn in April of 2017, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so it had been five years since May of this year, 2022, when he released this album. So we had heard very little from him in a five-year span. Do you remember when those pictures leaked from the uh, N95 video in, like, 2020? Yeah. That was a long time. Him on the ocean and, like, him at the telephone booth and stuff. And then what else happened? Uh, 2021, he released that, like, letter. Mm-hmm. about like how he's leaving TDE. That and was that late kind of summer of 2021. Uh-huh. And then and then we got I think it was probably 
probably, I don't know, March maybe, we got that, like, letter stating that Mr. Morale coming out. Yeah, April, the release May, date. May yeah. 13th or whatever, so. Um, it was in, like, the, like. Kind of like the Michael Jordan, like, yeah, Last Dance kind of right. thing. Um, so, I mean, that was incredible. And, like, even then I wasn't convinced that that this was, like, a Kendrick album. Mm-hmm. Cause it was like I know the whole PG Lang thing was starting up, and then, and the fact that it said like Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, I thought it was all just going to be kind of like a compilation or right. something, just like the like, like Dream Bills done, yeah, right. Um. So, and then I don't remember what confirmed it. I don't remember what, but I just remember. I'm trying to think about all the stuff that led up to it. There was that picture of him holding the. uh the book the two, and the two discs. The two discs so we were like, yeah. oh shoot, it's going to be a double album. disc. Yeah. yeah. Which is incredible. Which is just like a crazy thing. Because I think that's important. I don't think you can be like, I think that's important for any rapper's legacy is to have a good double disc. Hmm. Um, you know, all the greats have done it Tupac, Biggie, Jay, Drake. I mean, like everyone that you can think of that's in that conversation has a double disc. So I think it was important for Kendrick to do that. Um, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't 24 songs, you know, right. It was, what is it? 18, 18. Yeah. It's perfect. So it's like, anyway, we got that and then album dropped and, uh, well that, well first like the cover dropped and it was just like, Oh my God. Beautiful like, cover. Yeah. The one of, one of my favorite cover arts ever. We didn't know that he had two kids until yeah. then. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> We, he's very, obviously he's very secretive. He's very, uh, keeps things close to the chest. Um, I mean, we have no idea what's gone on in this five year period that he's been out of the public right. eye and not released music and this cover art drops and presumably his two children mm. are in it. And um, then Whitney's there, which we had seen pictures of her before. Yeah. So I kind of knew what she looked like, but yeah. But, um, and then there was like hints, like, uh, on the Keem song, it was like one daughter, but they're my sons, you know? So yeah. like, we kind of knew, but like him having two, just like almost grown kids at this point, it's like, really, like, that's just insane to think that like, and I know that this is part of the theme, but we view these artists just only in the lens that we see them. And it's right. like, man, these people live lives. Like, mm-hmm. like Kendrick's been raising a family for five years and we're talking about like, where's the album? You know? Yeah. Like, you know, like he's going through stuff anyway. So United in grief, we're talking about that. Um, man. Yeah. I think it easily could be the best song on here. Like if someone said that, I wouldn't disagree. It's just an incredible intro in the, the first thing we hear in five years, I mean, it's just like when, like, the album drops like 11 o'clock central time. Mm-hmm. So as soon as 11 o'clock, you put the song on, it's just like out of body. Like, you oh can't believe, gosh. you can't believe that, that he's. Like that we made it to this point. Yeah, that yeah. it's been this long and that he's put out this, this album. And yeah, it's just like, you I just sat, put it on, and just listened to it all the way through. Like, honestly, I think people would kind of down... And, you know, I realized that I would say the majority of people probably don't listen to the song or albums at 11. Like, mm-hmm. for us, that's so commonplace, but, like, right. a lot of people are not on that, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, just to... Like, it was it was a 
honestly a really big deal to me because like bro like five years i mean you start these are like this is just like a monumental like landmark of like everything that you know like i guess we had done in five years right and just like that feeling of like man like kendrick's album like because you just you you fantasize about it for the whole time basically Mm -hmm. you know like and i just remember i was you know senior in high school right the last one we're like fundamentally different people in every way than we were in 2017 this experience somehow grounds you to like a bigger thing you Mm -hmm. know like your personal being like waiting for this and then getting it i mean oh my gosh like yeah i could i could go on and on just about that feeling i had that night of like man like it just seems unbelievable right like anyway it's kind of the same feeling i had about avatar 2 but i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding um so uniting grief I, i would say the first time i heard it it didn't mean as much to me as it came to mean because mm-hmm. it's like it presents so many themes yeah that just are that are reoccurring and you learn a lot more about mm-hmm. um so obviously the first verse well not the first verse the first verse after the beat switch mm-hmm. i would say the the very first verse is just kind of like a it's just an intro mm-hmm. you know like and there's not anything super deep in it but there kind of is but it's just an intro to some of the themes and just kind of gets you ready for what you're about to hear mm-hmm. um then the beat switches and that drum break is like insane it's the craziest thing like i couldn't believe when i was hearing like that this was on a rap album yeah like insane and and this will come up a lot so we me santos both uh saw him live um, shortly, like a couple of months after the album came out. So I think our experience there will, will come up a lot in this conversation too. Yeah. But, um, you know, start of the live show, he's at the piano and mm-hmm. you hear the first part of the song and then it cuts for like a good, like minute, like 60 seconds of just silence and darkness. And then, then that drum beat drops and you're just <laughs> like, Oh my gosh, it just hits so hard. Like, yeah. And anyway, the, the first verse, he's talking about, which, like I said, I didn't realize this when I was first listening to it, you know, but he's talking about, obviously, uh, an experience he had where he cheated on his, I'm going to call her his wife. I don't really know exactly the I whole, don't either. I mean, his, his partner, like that he's been with for a very long time, um, Whitney, which is like. You know, she herself is like a presence through this whole album, mm-hmm. like just saying her name in certain situations and her voice. You hear her voice. The I mean, we didn't even talk about that part. The uh, I've been going through something, you know, yeah. like and she's like, tell him, you know, tell him like yeah. you got to tell him. It's almost like she is the uh, like a spiritual guide for him, mm-hmm. you know, like his like it's almost like she's a part of him. Like it's, it's him against himself, but like, she's like the good part. And like, he's like kind of the bad, you know, in a sense. Yeah. Um, and then like, there's a lot of voices on this album that, that, uh, I think are intentional and it's like, well, maybe I think honestly Kodak is probably like the, the younger him, like the, like his core. I could, yeah. You know, 
I didn't think about it that way, but yeah, that makes sense. And like, cause like Kodak's like song on there, the the interlude, you mm-hmm. know, like that kind of describes Kendrick in a way, you know. I mm-hmm. think they're really relatable. And then the line about like, uh, what's the line that he says about? They like it when I'm pro black, when I'm more Kodak black. Yeah. It's kind of like Kodak is like his inner like like id, you know, like it's like his most raw form of himself. Like mm. if he was just unchecked or something, right? You know, and I think a lot of people, you know, it was kind of a big deal that he had him on here as much. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say something about this. So yeah. I think that uh, for the most part, Kendrick has been really a, like. His music has been very, uh, or his message has been very agreeable. I think he's like, um, in his past albums, he's um, brought up topics and themes and stuff that really uh, most everybody could like uh, get behind and support and stuff like that. And he brought attention to like really important issues and and stuff. And uh, this one, this album, I think he was really like he really was like you're gonna you're probably gonna be pissed off at this at some of the stuff that i say the way i say it uh the people that are on the album uh specifically kodak black because he's like there's like there's just a lot of controversy yeah surrounding him and that that did make a lot of people mad and um i think that a lot of like a lot of these um reviewing bodies and stuff like that uh critiquing bodies whatever very white and liberal and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and uh i really think they um pushed back on that and i think and i know that was intentional from him i think he was like uh this is gonna be an ugly album Mm -hmm. unapologetic this is uh like because it's like him and his it's just so raw like he's not He's not pulling punches or anything. He's being completely honest about things that he's done and the way that society is in in his view. And, um, yeah, I think that was, like, one of the things that really uh, jumped out to me about this album and it was one of the great things about it. Yeah. Um, So, anyway, he talks about cheating, uniting grief, first verse, Mm -hmm. and how, you know, already he's he's hitting you with, like, topics of grief i mean and like how that affected him so deeply how it affected his relationship with um whitney and a lot of people probably would get like even this like the the fact that like hey like i cheated because i had like unresolved grief and then this person that i met like filled that need I feel like even that is just so like people would find such a problem with that. Yeah. But it's like, it's just his experience and he's sharing that. And I think that that's like, he says I grieve different. Right. Everybody grieves different. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, like just like the fact that like he keeps repeating that too. It's like, it's true, man. Like, and it just, it's, it's so, um, you can take that and broaden it to everyone, mm-hmm. you know, like, everyone deals with things differently and it's just hard to it would be hard to judge someone for something they did just because um they dealt with it in a different way than you maybe a worse way or better way if that's a real thing better or worse but 
I think that that's like a big thing for him on here. And he talks about cheating, but then he also talks about how like material possessions couldn't fill that void for him either. Mm-hmm. You know, like the whole second verse of that part of the song. Yeah. And so like, yeah, right out of the gate. I mean, this, uh, this might be like his best, like rapping, I think on the whole album. Like, and so you're faced with all the, uh, you're faced with a bunch of the the concepts of it, and he's just like going crazy. So, mm. United in Grief, obviously, just like so good. Um, and then number two is N95, mm-hmm. which is kind of the big song. Yeah, it's like I think it's probably the most probably the most commercially friendly. It's the most similar to some of the singles that he's put out mm-hmm. uh, previously. Whether it be like DNA or like humble, humble like, yeah. um, but there's very few of those on this album, right? Very, dude. Very but few. even this, like, the whole take off the take off the everything. Like, what are you? You mm-hmm. know, like just even that, like, and and that's that's why this album is so special to me. Is just because his attempt to make such a personal album just in general and make it still sound good is so difficult and yeah. like i just think he did it almost to perfection like i don't think that like and i, I honestly really don't get the whole like people hate it on this album too just like oh i can't there's no replay or whatever yeah to me that just doesn't make any sense. sense like i think people just feed into like people's opinions that they hear mm-hmm. you know because like yeah like United in Grief, maybe I wouldn't hear that in, like, a club or something. Mm-hmm. But, dude, like, that was, like, my number two most listened song of the whole year. Yeah. Like, I've listened to it so much. And in 95 though, is, is a lot, I guess, easier in the sense of it's more traditional, like, with its beat and that kind of thing. Right. Uh, Keem made the beat on that, so it's pretty sick. But, pretty dope. But even the... Like the re- renouncement of of cancel culture in the last part of it, and just mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Like it, again, I think this is, sets up a lot of the themes that that we're gonna see more and more. So I think this is a great n- number two song coming off of that one. You know, mm-hmm. um, and then three, which to me is. Kendrick's best writing he's ever done in his whole career. And I understand why this this song isn't super palatable as far as like the yeah. sound of it. But man, I just I'm I don't know, man. It, it's to me it's just incredible. Worldwide Steppers is what I'm talking about, but um and I think it's so good because of one we get a further like in-depth explanation of kind of the whole cheating thing. Right. And um, then the dude the the beat switches, and then the 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 kind of the theme of the song switches at that point too, and like the 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 whole like kind of hook part of it is like, you know, everyone's a killer, and you're just at first you're just like what like I don't even get what that means, but, and then he goes down and breaks down that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's just crazy that like someone is putting these these words to like paper or something. It's just right. like a stream of like thought and mm-hmm. it's crazy. It's it's really crazy. 
it's like you know the objective objectification of women kills their confidence and um the media has killed consciousness and you know it's like um the demonization of of hip-hop artists and like you know all like the gang members and that kind of thing but it's just like you know he kind of breaks down the fact that like everyone's killing each other basically like even he talks about you know like uh the most dangerous thing he did to his community was serve them bad food <laughs> you know yeah. it wasn't it wasn't gang banging or anything like that so mm-hmm. it's like I, and i think that just those fresh perspectives that him and like cole does a good job of that too just like making you think about things in a different way but like I think that's why it's so powerful, like this song in in particular. And it's just like, man, like I said, this is not one that you would just play to have fun or something. But like, the words just hit me so hard every time I hear it. Like, it just it's it gives me chills almost. You know? Yeah, it's one that I mean, you could replay it ten times, and you could probably find something that you didn't catch the previous time each time you listen to it. Um, and then Die Hard, which is probably. I would say the most uh, easy, easy like listening song on the whole album. Yeah, easily digestible. Right. Probably yeah. I mean, because it's very simple. I mean, just kind of about his his love and that kind of you know, like it's. I don't think there's any super super deep messages in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but blast on this song is incredible. Really good, really good feature. I was really shocked to see him like. Um, uh, as I was just like scanning the track list uh, when it first came out, I was like, "Wow!" I was not mm-hmm. expecting uh, him to be on the album, but yeah, he really killed it. He was really good in that song. And then next, uh, "Father Time," which is like, I mean, I, I this might be just his most like specifically vulnerable kind of song about a certain thing, and like just his. Uh, Cause you know, we've already, we've already kind of established the, his dealings with grief and, uh, past traumas and everything and kind of how that, that played through his, uh, relationship with his dad and, but also like father time, meaning like, you know, like time is what's kind of grown him up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, it's just a really good, uh, message all around, I guess. And then, you know, Sam fell on the the hook of that one i'm never gonna turn down a sampha yeah freaking hook on anything yeah it's a really really beautiful song is it was a tough listen at first but i thought it was just a great song i mean it's a common theme there's just great song from the structure to the lyrics to everything i mean everything's so carefully like curated by him Mm. it's a really good song and then we get into rich interlude which is kind of what we talked about um a little bit ago this is like a purely kodak song but man does he sound great on that yeah he really really <laughs> good it's almost like it's kind of like a spoken word thing, right, right right yeah because it's just like kind of keys in the background it's yeah. not like a beat but man like he just like i'm telling y'all man kodak is he's that dude right he can rap like crazy <laughs> and i think that like it's just crazy to hear kendrick bring that out of him i think twice on this album you know it's just uh, it's great um 
and we go from that to to Rich Spirit, which is low key like one that I really, really, really like a mm-hmm. lot. And, you know, it it's not like it doesn't stand out in my mind every time I think about the album, but like every time I listen to it, man, it's so good. Like it's so catchy and just like um, the video that yeah. just came out pretty recently is mm-hmm. incredible and yeah, Rich Spirit. Um, and then uh, We Cry Together, which is like probably the most abrasive song. This is like, I I can't think of any, any other artist that could do this. Um, I can't think of any many songs that have ever been made like this. I mean, it's, it's really like almost like a play, honestly. Like it, it sounds like a play, and then the video. It's just, I mean, it's a, it's an argument. It's a domestic dispute between right. um, a man and a woman. It's very, like you said, it's very abrasive. It's very aggressive. It's like hard to listen to, honestly. At some points, it's like they're just very. They're like degrading each other. They're like really trying to hurt each other. But it's also something that's very, I think, relatable to a lot of people that have maybe been around that. Um, not exact, not exactly what they're saying, but that type of dispute between uh, two people that um, that do care about each other, but in that yeah. moment, in the heat of the moment, they're just trying to hurl whatever they can to mm. like that'll hurt that other person. And that's clear, you know, in the end, like that they do need each other. Yeah. And, you know, obviously it's kind of a, it's a comical like twist, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of how it transitions, but like, but truthfully it is. And like, um, not only is it, you know, between the two people in the song, but also just like between men and women in general, Mm -hmm. just like society wise, like the, the whole, like there's so many things that you would hear from each side. And, you know, I think Kendrick probably wrote the whole thing, but just like for, the homegirl uh, Taylor Page, she incredible body this in this like it's crazy. Like she's not, as far as I know, she's not a she's musician just an actor, or anything yeah. like that. But I mean, she's she is acting really. I mean, right, her right, vocal performance. Like she's like there's point where, there's parts where she's like straining her voice. Mm-hmm. Like it's insane. Like it's it's just incredible. Like that he was that he put this together and then it's even on a rap album. Like it's, yeah. It's, Right, and that he made it rhyme like it right. Just, it just is in. It's a great. It's just insane. It's art. Yeah, right. So, yeah, it's not one that I'm just gonna, gonna go listen to all the time. Yeah, but it fits so well. Yeah. in the course of this uh, track list. So, and then Purple Hearts is next, which is a great. I mean, it's probably my least favorite one on here, but um, just even just like the the core i guess message of it just in the hook is mm-hmm. great and like coming off of we cry together straight into that yeah i think they like, really like contrast each other well yeah and then i really like the ghost face on that oh yeah shout out yeah. ghost face man that, and that was like just really neat to see yeah and uh summer walkers great too so and then that ends the uh, first side of it the big stepper side of it and so we go into the second disc, I guess, and uh, it starts off with "Count Me Out," which is very the it's very reminiscent of "United in Grief." Like it starts out the same way, mm-hmm. but you can tell it's different. The words they say are different, and um, 
we hear Kendrick and El- I, I forgot to mention, um, you know, we hear Whitney's voice again on Father Time whenever he's like, I don't need therapy. I don't need therapy, and, yeah. Yeah, like kind of, and she says reach out to Eckhart, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we get Eckhart Tolle's voice for the first time here. You know, he calls him Mr. Duckworth, which kind of, like, represents that, like, to to someone like him, Kendrick's fame is not an, not a factor here. You know, mm-hmm. like, he sees him as just kind of another patient in a way. Right. Like, it's like the... It's like the destruction of his ego, hmm. you know, and um, I think that, and then we hear, uh, is Whitney on this one too? I can't remember. Oh, she said session 10 breakthrough. So this That's is like it. the, uh, th- this is signaling kind of a, like, like it says, kind of a breakthrough. Like he's uh the the issues that he might have been struggling with on the first disc, he's starting to understand them now. And like, I to me this, I like this side way more than the first one. I love the first one, but this mm-hmm. one just is so special to me. And like I said, I already talked about how much "Count Me Out" uh, means to me, but um, I think it's a great intro into like like it says like his breakthrough into like kind of learning these issues and and trying to cope with them better and then that goes into crown which i get it if you don't like crown but just like me i get it if you don't like it musically but mm-hmm. just like what he's talking about on there is like incredible i mean yeah. like um his pressures of not one to dis- disappoint people but you know people not really kind of like we talked about people not really considering him as a person like they just want what they can get from him. Right. And um, I think that's a, a feeling that's pretty relatable to a lot of people. And, um, you know, one thing I've learned, love can change with the season. And it's like, that's just such a powerful line. That's like, people love you and then, and then they don't, mm-hmm. whenever you don't. Like, and they discard give them and they dispose of you. Right. Basically. And, and the thing about, um, he doesn't, I think he chooses what he says wisely because he doesn't want you to think like, he doesn't want you to feel sorry for him. I don't think because he says, uh, heavy is the head that, that chooses to wear the crown. So like he right. recognizes that it's a choice he's made. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think that's a good point because yeah, like in his music, he's really, I think he's embraced that kind of, and, um, in this album, he's kind of like relieving himself of that responsibility, right, absolving right. himself. Isn't it crazy to think about like now that we know all this stuff to think about like, like yeah, like he was like, I mean, do you remember when To Pimp a Butterfly came out? Like he was hailed as like the, just like the like no one had ever heard anything like that or like socially like no one was taking that kind of stand, but like he was going through all this at that time. Yeah. It just really proves that, like, like we'll talk about that in a second. But it just it's just crazy to think like what people have actually got going on behind the scenes, mm-hmm. people that we hold so highly, like in our minds and that kind of thing. Um, and then in the Silent Hill, which is like probably my the most fun song on here to listen to. Hmm. Like I love Kodak's verse on here. He and does, that, this is one of his better verses I've heard from him. Oh yeah, heck yeah! And even just Kendrick's part on it, it's just fun to like 
sing along to and like it just uh it's the most like uh new age i guess kind of song that kendrick does on here and just uh, i feel like it's done in a long time um and then we get into savior interlude which we hear keem's voice only yes on this and um i'm trying to think about kind of what that might be like because i feel like all these kind of things represent him in some way i don't know but it's great like Kim's very sunny here. I think Kendrick wrote it, but still, like hearing him deliver it, yeah, is amazing. And um, I think, you know, obviously Kendrick is doing all he can to set up Keem to be like the next guy, and I think that's that's great. Like that we can get someone that basically like because he, you know, Kendrick writes a lot for him, right? And to think that we can kind of continue that through someone else and like baby Kim can kind of be like another Kendrick like character in a way, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, it's great to hear. It's great to hear him on this. And that leads into, um, say the song savior, which probably is one of the most encompassing, um, themes just overall mm-hmm. is like, you know, uh, Kendrick made you think about it, but, He's not your savior, you know. Cole made you feel empowered. I got those wrong. Kendrick made you feel empowered. Cole made you think about it. Um, or did I get him right? I think he was right the anyway, first time. Future said, "Get a money counter, but he's not your savior." You know, like just the whole idea that uh, you know, kind of like what I was just talking about. Like, no one, there's no one, there's no human that that has it figured out more than any other human. Mm-hmm. Like. To, to hail people in this uh, light of like, oh, they're, because I mean, I think he, I think that probably really got to him during like the whole 2020 era yeah. of like, where's Kendrick at? Like, why isn't he saying anything? Like mm-hmm. why? And like the whole J. Cole, no name thing, you know, mm-hmm. that happened and, uh, and just like, people being like what we really need is Kendrick right now and probably him just being like feeling that like I'm not that guy you know like like he just it's clear that he didn't feel like that um he was as high up as everyone else thought he was you know right he didn't think he could contribute something as profound as like what they're expecting from him like he doesn't have answers just like no like everybody else right and um just like the are you happy for me you know mm-hmm. goes along with kind of the things we've already talked about yeah. but um which this is the this is the closer on the tour right is it right this, yeah this is the last one he does on the tour which i think is very and uh the whole glastonbury performance where he had the crown and the uh like the, the blood, blood. Yeah. yeah like like because people do i mean people do look at him as that like like that messiah like figure of rap you know mm-hmm. like he's the one like like i said like everyone in 2020 was like man we need a kendrick album right now and like that would that would that would do it or like you know right. like but like just knowing that himself is like he's not that and no one else is that you know? yeah um it's that, that's just a crazy thing for someone like that to come out and say mm-hmm. and to like really focus on and i think like that song is incredible just by itself. Like yeah. take away the meaning of it. It's just a really good song. And like some of the stuff he talks about on there is, is just really deep and 
makes you think about certain things. Um, and then, <laughs> probably the one I listen to the least, but very still a profound song is uh, uh, Auntie Diaries. Yeah, this one was uh, also one that was pretty controversial. Oh, heck yeah, because of that last part. Yeah. Um, basically, he compares um, his use of the word, like it, a slur that he used to use, um, I don't want to say it, but mm-hmm. it's um, to refer to to a, homosexual, to a homosexual person. People, he, you know, he's he, he talks about like in the past how they all kind of said that mm-hmm. without any shame or anything because they just didn't, I guess, think about it in the context of like, oh, there's actually people like struggling with that kind of thing, right? And then, you know, he talks about his cousin and his and his aunt that. Um, that you know both kind of had i guess gender identity issues and that kind of thing and then um at the end he he talks about this uh so there was a concert back probably 2017 2018 it was after uh his album that year and um like a there was a white girl that was on stage and mm-hmm. she said um, the N word, and because um, it was part of it was a lyric in the song, and so she she sang along to it, and she actually did say the N word, and he stopped her and was like, whoa, whoa, "Whoa, like you know, you can't can't do that." And it was kind of like a a funny viral type moment at the time, you know. But like, like, there was a lot of people. He he got uh, pushed back for that because it's like, it what would you expect? Like, kind of right, and it. I mean, I guess you could. Uh, to the person that was on stage, I guess you could see that as being like humiliating or something. Right, right, right. Publicly shamed or something. Mm-hmm. And um, so he makes the the uh, the contrast between like his cousin telling him like, "Hey, bro, we can say that one slur all you want as long as you let the other person say." So it's just like the power of uh, like being, I guess, respectful to. Uh, things that might you know because he's you know he made this stance against like cancel culture and that kind of thing but also it's like he doesn't want you to think he's not respectful to i guess people that are going through things that he might not understand because those words may not mean anything to the person saying it but i mean to someone else there's like a lot of i mean feelings regarding or like that um that come with that word, a lot of history and stuff like that. So, but that was kind of the controversy is that a lot of people thought that that was a pretty crazy comparison to compare those two mm-hmm. words because it's like one one does come with a lot of uh, historical context and that kind of thing, where where the other one might not have as much, you know? Right. But. I don't think he really cared that much. Yeah, I think that I think that a lot of the clumsiness with this song, like he uh, he, it's called like dead naming, where you like call them the name before they transition, mm-hmm. or yeah, you call them the name that they had before they transition, and then misgendering stuff like that. I think the clumsiness was, I think, partially intentional. Intentional, I yeah. think, to because it's it was like. Because he wasn't educated to this stuff right. at that time, right. obviously, and um, him using the word, even, like especially, was just like he's honest about 
you know, making mistakes is because he didn't understand it at that time, mm. but he's come to have a better grasp of like, you know, like you said, being like respectful. people's personal issues yeah. and stuff. Right. And what, what things can mean to other people that might not have any meaning to you, you know? Yeah. Demetrius is Marianne now. So, um, <laughs> um, so next we go into, uh, Mr. Morale, which is probably the song that grew on me the most. Um, uh, it's it's got some crazy crazy lines in it too. Mm-hmm. Um, let me think of one. That, uh, you know, he talks about like his family member dying from like some kind of heart issue, and then they were they eat Popeyes at the reception or the not the reception, obviously the. Uh, whatever's after the funeral. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's called. The, um, but just like that, like, you know, the like repass, the repass, repass. Yeah. At the repass, they serve in Popeye's chicken. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, just like that, like all the, the things that are into communities like that, that, that you don't even really think about mm-hmm. until someone like this says it. And, uh, you know, he just talks, this is more just I feel like of a jam song. I feel like this isn't one of the deeper ones. It's more yeah. of just like just and it jams. Oh, it's a yeah. banger. I think it was my favorite to see live. For sure, it was yeah. ins- the energy was insane. Right. Um, then we get into uh, "Mother I Sober," which is I think the deepest song on here. Yeah, it's like what is it? It's a long. It's, yeah, it's like, like seven, eight seven minutes. minutes. Yeah. And he talks about. Um, just his family history with uh, things like sexual abuse and mm-hmm. um, how that plays into the. Uh, he just kind of lays out how certain things can create a generational like cycle mm-hmm. of like his grandparents into his parents into him into his kids like right and if you don't have someone that um, breaks that in some kind of way, then it'll keep going for. It'll just perpetuate and right. continue. I mean, it could go for hundreds of years, you yeah. know? And I think he he makes that clear, and he makes it just, like, super, you know, and then the super, like, grandiose ending where... Right. So it's, like, he's, like, basically whispering for, like, the majority of the song. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, like, piano or whatever in the background. So it's just, like, a very soft song. And then as he's, like towards the very end like you said it's very grandiose he's like addressing everything and he's like kind of like he's falling on the sword he's like sacrificing himself so he can like mm-hmm. break the cycle for yeah it's really like it's really powerful and then you hear uh his kids and his wife or, or whitney i guess in the in the background at the end and it's like um man yeah, that, no, that's really uh, it. That really, that song really got me the first time I heard it. Like it yeah. was really, really powerful, and uh, uh, just like to think about the fact that like someone could uh, could have someone like a uh, like a Whitney in their life. Like to think about the fact that um, she like put away all the pain and that kind of thing that she was going through through that just to help him. Right. Like that, that's almost just like unbelievable mm-hmm. that, that humans are capable of something like that. Yeah. And I think that that's like a, uh, 
crazy theme on here is that she always was able to see his core being and and knew that to her he was worth it to uh i guess like put a lot of time and and uh, energy and like stay through a lot of the really painful parts of their relationship mm. and to think that like she bet on that and it's clear here that it it paid off you know yeah um that's just like to think about that personally like to think that like there's actually people out there that's like willing to do that kind of thing for you um it's like it's just like really hard to fathom sobering yeah really humbling that like there's just like really crazy good people out there you know and like you know Whitney was that for him and I think that you know maybe hopefully everyone can find that one person you know in whoever that might be Hmm. so then we get into mirror which we already talked about yeah it's the closer mother I sober I think really acts like kind of like the conclusion to the album like it kind of wraps up all the themes and stuff and mm-hmm. it's like addressing everything that was like talked about through the album and then this is kind of like like an, an epilogue, epilogue yeah, yeah like or an outro or something like that yeah you can see that he's removed from all yeah. the uh, the trauma and issues and it kind of seems like a like you said like mother i sober in this one it kind of seems like a long period of time is like passed in between those, yeah just in his story yeah arc. i wonder uh, yeah i wonder if there was uh, like literal time that between when he made the two songs right that does say yeah i do i do like in that, that sure. in the in the story of the whole album it seems like like you said like this is super removed from all yeah that, you know so but yeah we already talked about it like it's it's you know it addresses kind of the the whole 2020 thing even more now that he sees it from a bird's eye view even more now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just saying that, like, he's got to be there for it. his family. He Like, that's what he's responsible for. Not, not the world, not um, his fans even. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he's got to be there for himself and, like, the people he cares about. And I think that that's, like just like really important to hear and um mm-hmm. just to to it, it humanizes him in a way that's just like crazy you know right he's like he's not keeping up this facade of like being like a savior or anything or like right. holier than anyone else or he's the same as anybody listening to the album and he can't be responsible for anyone else's happiness or like he can't be expected to educate them or whatever it may be he's just a person it's like anybody else and he has responsibilities and things that he wants to put his energy into and he's he's uh removing himself from that responsibility like he's he says i i choose me i'm sorry Mm. like it's just really really beautiful and it's like you feel happy for him that he's coming to this realization and that he is like, he's doing this for himself because I mean, after all of the, the th- music and stuff and everything that he's put into all this, that has touched so many people and meant so much to, I mean us and so many yeah. others. Uh, it just feels like he, I mean, he absolutely deserves that and yeah, he, yeah for so sure for his happiness and stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, is this Kendrick's best album? 
I mean, I to me, it I could be recency bias, but me, I think I don't it see is. Any other way that I, I think it is. I just think it's like so much of all the other albums are into this. I mean, yeah. like he pulls from everything, and right. it's like the culmination of everything, like the themes and stuff, and it's just. I mean, him probably at his best technically, and like the so many different types of songs and the songwriting. I don't know, man. I think that this came out seven months ago, and I could listen to it right now and not be like, I'm tired of this. This feels dated or anything like Like, that. Yeah, like I haven't, I've listened to it more than any other album definitely this year. Yeah. Still, I haven't worn myself out on it because it's just like, it's just so, it just hits on a different level. I don't Mm -hmm. know, man. but yeah, so that that was our uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. That'll uh, probably have to be its own episode. Honestly, just uh, talking about that album. Um, but yeah, so that that wraps up our whole whole 2022 best of only three categories we did. But man, it took us a long time. Yeah, we got y'all y'all got y'all's money's worth. So, but uh, okay, a little epilogue content for us here. What's some things you want to maybe see in 2023? Okay. I'll go ahead and start off. Yeah. Um, since I'm it. looking at my brother right here, um, he's, uh, you know, he's slated to do Coachella this year. Oh, yeah. I forgot so about I that. I would love another Frankie Ocean album before that. Before April? Which is, is that April, May? Crazy to think about, but I think that it could happen. Because, you know, Let's he see. was going to do an album. Like, before, before COVID, COVID and everything, because he released those two singles, and like mm-hmm. that itself was like you could tell that that was a uh, build up to an album. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I don't maybe he scrapped the whole thing and he's he did another one or something, but and he was gonna do Coachella that year too, yeah. God, golly, man, that's crazy to think that COVID really stole a Frank Ocean album from us. Jesus. COVID just couldn't just couldn't stop taking from us. For know? real. Anyway, so the most wishful thing I'm looking forward to in 2023 is possibly another Frank Ocean album. That would be, I mean, that would pretty much make the whole year, wouldn't it? Heck yeah. That's crazy. Um, I have stuff that is actually confirmed for this year that I'm looking forward to. Okay, just flex on uh, me like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I just have a few things here. Um I kind of ranked them, sort of. So for uh, number four, I have, I guess, I have four of them. It's kind of like two things. There's two Marvel projects that I'm looking forward to. Uh, first of all, there is the new um, Spider Verse movie mm-hmm. that is coming out. I think in February. I think is it? No, 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 no. I think it got. It's in like summer. I think it got actually, pushed back. Yeah, yeah, because it was supposed to come out in like October or something. Right. And then, uh, but anyway, the first one was really good. The animation was like incredible, like mm-hmm. really, really good. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Have you seen the uh, Kid Cudi show on Netflix? No, it's that same animation style. It's oh, pretty really? cool. Yeah. Is it good? It's all right. The, anima- the animation style is good, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> um, and then uh, Guardians Three, I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, that's some of my favorite MCU projects. Have been those two movies and. This is looking like it's going to be the last one. I think they're all... Uh, James Gunn's done with it. Uh, Dave Bautista's done with it. I don't know if Chris Pratt's going to stay in, but, um, yeah, I think if it's anything like the first two, I think it'll be a great movie. 
Right, keep going through your list. I didn't prepare one, so maybe I can just feed off of yours. Um, so number three, I have uh, Martin Scorsese's next movie titled Killers of the Flower Moon. I don't know it's, about that. Uh, so it has the cast includes Leonardo DiCaprio. Of course. But I think the I think the lead is actually, do you know who Jesse Plemons is? No. He plays the um, he plays the cop in Judas and the Black Messiah, that red the the redheaded cop. guy. Oh, really? Detective guy. Yeah. Hmm. He's a good actor. That's I'm, interesting. I'm excited to see it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's he was in like like Mike. I guess so. He's That's a lot older. That. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, uh, but he's been in a few other things. He's in Breaking Bad. He's Todd in Breaking Bad. Yeah, I think okay, so. Yeah. He was in. Uh, Friday Night Lights. Right, show right, right. And, That's um, interesting. Him and Scorsese, to, wow. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that uh, movie. I mean, it's Scorsese, so. Of course. Um, number two, I think it's pretty much confirmed for 2023, uh, is the next Travis Scott album. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know that it's... it's a safe bet. I don't know if it's officially titled Utopia, but that's yeah, what I, I know it is. Yeah, I think it is, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's been his last album, Astro World, came out in 2018. Think about it, be five years. Yeah, yeah, it came out in 2018. Uh, it's, I mean, great album, really, really good. It's, I don't know if that, if I like that one or Antidote more. Um, but yeah, he's you mean definitely radio. Yeah, Antidote's the song. <laughs> don't you open another window? Cut that, please. Cut that. Uh, rodeo is obviously what I meant. Um, I think Birds is my favorite. That's a good one too, but yeah. I I just like the other two a lot more. Um, so yeah, he's definitely due for an album. He's had some feature. He's had some pretty good features in the in uh, recent memory. He's had some highs and some lows since the last album for yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm excited to. But hear he's still him, you know. That's what's good to, good to see, you know, throughout like yeah. whatever he does. Like he's right. just him, like. Yeah, I'm excited to see what's next for him. He always comes with some kind of different sounds, mm. and uh, so yeah, I'm excited for that. And then number one, I think that you're you're excited for this yeah, as yeah, well. We I think you it. know what it is. Um, um, it's the next Christopher Nolan movie mm -hmm. titled Oppenheimer. It is starring uh, Cillian Murphy as Killian. Killian. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I thought y'all okay. Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy. Yeah. 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 Okay, let's let's run that again. <laughs> it's starring Killian Murphy <laughs> as J. Robert Oppenheimer, who was like titled the Godfather of the Atomic Bomb. Yeah, he, he was the chairman, I guess, of the Manhattan Project, which was the uh, you know the whole collective like think tank to, like you said, build the first um, bomb that could you know conduct nuclear fission mm -hmm. and uh, you know just change the whole. War, uh, the world like yeah. i was gonna say war and everything but literally it changed the whole entire world yeah and this is like i mean obviously that affected him profoundly after yeah. seeing what happened he's got a lot of like right like writings and stuff mm -hmm. to where like i mean it, dude this it's gonna be incredible yeah and it, like just from the trailer like i feel like killian murphy is gonna absolutely kill yeah it. uh he's a he's also a great actor it's um who else's cast? It's got a, a crazy cast. There's uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s in it. Mm -hmm. um, gosh, who else is in it? A ton of people. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head, but like, and then you know, Nolan's 
like the king of like practical effects. Yeah, what and is like, it? And like I read this story about like how they like, which I don't even know how in this the is possible. world. How in the they, like, world they like recreated would you do that the uh, atomic bomb explosion? That's insane. I don't. I'll believe it when I see it. Oh, it's got Matt Damon in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florence yeah. Pugh. Uh, yeah. Rami Malek. Josh Peck. Josh. Yeah, Josh Peck. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Uh, so yeah, it's got like a loaded cast. Emily Blunt. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be great. It's Nolan's gonna be just that year. dude, man. He he can get anything he wants. He can do anything. He can recreate it in a atomic bomb explosion. Like who cares, man? It's Nolan. <laughs> like we'll give him what he wants. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a great movie. Movie of the year. Can't wait to see it. I think it comes out in the summer. They come out summer. Uh, Seven twenty-three. I think seven twenty-one, twenty-three. Twenty-one. So dope. Um, Can't wait for that. Dude, it's gonna be so good. Some stuff to look forward to next year. Hey man, well, twenty twenty two. It's a wrap it's, it's on a that. It's a wrap for real. Um, definitely been an interesting year for sure mm-hmm. for me personally, and um, you know, it, it, despite any bad that might have happened, um, it birthed this podcast. So yeah, we can't we can't down it too much. Yeah, you know? tons of highlights to go through. <laughs> I mean, y'all made it to episode 15 that's pretty crazy right and it feels like it feels like we should be on like 40 something but um i don't know i feel like we'll get into a better swing this mm-hmm. next year this this is we're just gonna keep growing you know yeah. 2023 yes, gonna sir. be our year <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah man shout out to y'all thank you for listening to all of them over the year thank you for uh being here for you know the whole journey and uh yeah man We'll see you next year, guys. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> what a great way to end it off. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>